0: and welcome to a special E3 Roundup edition of the TetraCast. It's been two weeks since you've heard from us, uh, so we have quite the task in front of us here today. My name is Brian Vitale. I've got the usual crew here to slug it out with me.
1: We've got George Foster. Hello, everyone. Josh Torres. You made a mistake. Welcome to the longest day of our lives.
0: <laughs> uh, Adam Vitale. Hey, guys.
2: And James Galizio. No, I will not shut up about Fuga Melodies of Steel.
0: Yeah, one of the many, many, many things we have to talk about today. And we also have Chow Min Wu. Hello, guys. So last week, we took the week off in anticipation of all of the E3 events which, in some ways, was kind of a good move because we did have a few things going on at the time we were where we would normally record. But a lot of time, a lot of the stuff we had to talk about didn't start really rolling in until like the day after, and then the following subsequent week leading up until this podcast. So, where we've ended up is now we have two weeks worth of stuff to talk about, uh, with one of those weeks being jam packed with all of the different streaming events and conference type digital streams so this is the longest scoping of our podcast that we've had so we're going to do things ever so slightly differently just to try to make it manageable and just to try to make it so that we're not mortgaging a whole bunch of our time on this so what we're going to do is that normally for the TetraCast we try to kind of organize the topics such that the the key most you know impactful news of the of the week ends up at the top where we then filter out with like sales updates and kind of like port announcements towards the bottom that's kind of it's kind of hard to filter that through what we have going on this week so we're going to basically just dial back our mental clocks two weeks and just kind to kind of go through everything that happened more or less chronologically it turns out everyone had an rpg
1: to show unfortunately
0: yeah unf- yeah rpgs are also so nebulously defined that we could there's so much stuff that we could incorporate that we had to kind of like pick our battles so there's still a ton to talk about but there's also a few few games that you could argue and I'm not even argue that we did cover on the site that we're just not going to have time to go into uh we're not going to talk about what we've been playing just for the sake of time but so yeah the format will be a little different and we're also going to talk about like as we go into the different publishers and what they showed like what we thought of the event uh maybe just some general observations about the format or about the presentation that sort of stuff so we'll just kind of see where the conversation leads us uh exactly what we thought about all the announcements what were our individual highlights what are our collective highlights etc 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 all right enough stalling i hope you uh have your drink of choice and are comfortable because here we go so leading up into e3 dial back your mental state to two weeks ago before the and e3 e3
1: rolled. it was nice yes. and cozy
0: uh so one of the major topics of our podcast before everything of the last two weeks was the announcement of monarch this was a rpg that had been teased from the had creators of the original SMT games on board for this mysterious new game. Now, right ahead of E3, we got all of the details that they had teased for that game. First, we had the announcement uh, of a Japanese trailer, followed by Nice America's announcement of localization plans for Monarch. Then throughout the week, we also did have some gameplay streams from the developers, along with a bunch of character bios, a bunch of the premises. So I don't have a lot of experience with either the SMT series or the previous work of the developer here for you. For you, uh, so maybe I'll hand it off to Adam. Like, what did you see from what they showed of all the different uh, marketing for Monarch that? You think is worth getting excited about, or just what were your initial takeaways? Who were The all... publisher, right? It's not, not... Yeah,
3: the developer is Landcars. Okay. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so Landcars, they actually did the first couple of Etrian Odyssey games for Atlas. I believe right. Atlas is kind of. I think Atlas has basically poached. You know, certain members from that team, and now they just do Etrian Odyssey internally that's assuming they're st- still doing Etrian Odyssey in the future here um, but uh, so Landcars did the first few Etrian Odyssey games and they also did uh, Lost Dimension like five years ago or six years ago or whenever it was so that's the developer we're talking about, the publisher is Furyu and Furyu has done uh, what they've done in the, the last few games they, they've they've worked on is They've basically have advertised their games as sort of bringing back, you know, established creators, Japanese creators from previous series to have them contribute to a new title. Like, for example, they put out The Alliance Alive, which originally released on 3DS and then was ported to more platforms um, where they basically touted this. the Sweden creator was doing the writing for that. And so, like, this Monarch game kind of fits that same mold where they're you know, we're bringing back these SMT, these really classic SMT guys, like pre-3, um, pre-Nocturne SMT people to do um, some of the writing and some of the music. Now, to be clear, they, uh, Furyu did put out a kind of a, a a list of the the key developers, the key people behind the game, and the SMT people are actually not like the direct writers, but they're like the
0: supervisor writers, so
3: like how much are they actually
0: contributing? Well, they're really like pushing that as like a key part of their marketing. Like the teaser website literally, like as you scroll down, showed all these names with like that were like partially obscured. Like they're really like putting it out on the front as like really like
1: the hook as like this is why you should care. They did the the, the, the Caligula effect. It was like, oh, we have writer on here. That's like, cool. I guess. Yeah. Awesome. And then Caligula effect came out. It's like, oh, okay, cool. By the way, the
3: Caligula, Caligula two does not have the Persona two writer. It, um, oh yes, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that 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 falls into what I was saying. That like who has done this before, and it is sort of like I'm sure they're contributing something, but it is a, largely a part of it is marketing, right? You know, like, I you had, know, had like, this weird
1: feeling, right, because Fu, like as we're mentioning, you has become like kind of this weird sort of hub or haven for like. Ex old school Japanese developers, like it kind of reminds you of that Kickstarter era of like when Oh, yeah, name, when went to Kickstarter or when you know, Suikoden creators went to Kickstarter, it's like these big, big Japanese, like even Igarashi, who turned to crowdfunding and like Kickstarter for like a good chunk of time, like became some sort of like, okay, you've been out of the game for a while, but if if people, if you really want to push what you have next, let, let's turn to crowdfunding for it to pitch to publishers and whatnot. And stain turned out pretty good, at least.
3: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, the game is set in a high school, and it's got some occult elements to it, so people immediately um, looked at Persona as inspiration. And, of course, coming from classic SMT guys, while they were kind of there almost before the Persona spin-off era, they, you know, obviously same. There's a connection there. So... The game itself, we saw a long trailer. It's it's like a tactical RPG in a way, where you have like a this grid. positioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a grid, and um, you have you have like five different characters that are like your main cast, and you have your main character, and you have four. They're called like buddies, uh, at least in the Japanese press release. Um, I'm not sure if NIS America is calling them the same thing, but they're, your buddies are basically like they're kind of like. Your routes in an SMP game where you sort of pick one and you kind of go along their route so there's sort of this multiple branching paths thing and then there's other characters as well I'm not quite sure if they are playable they're just not main like they're not a buddy but you kind of have the squad of characters um, people have pointed out that the there's, there's sort of like this chess motif where like one of the characters has like a bishop type outfit one of them's like a knight and a queen and so on um, so that fits the tactical style um the it's got like you know an anime esque cel shaded art style. It's not like super high you know fidelity or production value. But Furu, you, it's you know they're more like a a middle middle level dev-
1: developer compared to like Atlas or somebody like that or Square Enix. Um, yeah, it's, the it's, combat. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that uh, when you're talking about the premise and whatnot, when when they're like releasing interviews about this game too the creators really wanted to make a, a like a modern day shin megami tensei if game and oh, yeah shin megami, yeah shin megami tensei if was set in a high school that, that that actually became the basis of the persona games moving forward um and lo- just like this game in shin megami tensei if you had like these friends and they all represented like different routes and endings you could go to in that game and this same in uh monarch they're doing they're aping the same thing of like hey you have these different like members to your party and each of one of them like represents like sort of a certain route that you can follow essentially mm-hmm. so they're really touting that like this game has multiple endings and you like there'll be like it encourages new game plus for you to like explore these other routes so like the different people represent different things should you go follow down their path like like i think there's even like one of the features of this game is like you can skip like the what in visual novels you would call like the common route where like there's like a central story and then there's like a a branching path or split and then there's that
3: that that makes sense so you don't have if you if you to entice people to play the other route so like you don't have to do that common route Mm -hmm. each time you can just skip to the branching point you know what that really reminds
4: me of though it actually reminds me of the game stellar deuce from atlas
1: yeah
4: yeah it looks more like that than the Shin Megami game intense again that's what i'm getting
3: from you mean because that's a tactical rpg right
4: yeah but but that thing also has uh, the branching path and you got mm-hmm. all these other things like they also have like was it
3: spirits like they learn how to manipulate spirits over the story i, I think and so i, I, I remember idea.
1: that story is like there's miasma involved in the slurry um
3: yeah i don't quite remember what the premise was but like there's this in monarch yeah there's like this evil miasma and other like strange phenomena that have started yeah. appearing, and so like they haven't really gone much more into it than that but
1: yeah about the battle you system you're mentioning
3: it, it just looks like it's tactical um kind of turn-based moving characters on a grid it does um it does look maybe a little bit rough to me.
1: It's, it it, it, looks it's not bad. High it looks budget. Yeah, for sure. It, it looks better uh, at first than the Caligula effect, at least. I mean it's different developers, same publisher, but I wanna I, I wanna remain hopeful about this game because I really like what, what they're trying to do. I really dig the character design of this game. I think it particularly nails that. Um but I, I hope this is this turns out well. I, I wanna, I wanna cheer for it. they. They released like a, like a some music sampler with the announcement, and those tracks sound killer. Like that's, it's like it's like it's like evoking a very classic Megami Tensei era, but with modern instruments. And it's like it's pretty it's pretty neat. And I think this is coming October in Japan, and then early next year for the right. Rest. So
0: the so the release details for the first Japanese PV. Uh, it's October fourteenth, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, and Switch. And then with the Nice America release, it said early 2022. And then, Adam, you also have it marked on here that's going to release on PC. Did that show up with the Nice America announcement? Yes. Okay. So, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Nintendo Switch, October 14th in Japan, and then early 2022 for the West, uh, also on PC. So,
5: crossing my six?
0: fingers. Yep. And then the second, the, the alive, was very okay. <laughs> yeah, the second of the two announcements that were leading into E3, and this one was kind of one that had been like half confirmed, half speculated for a while. This was Amazon Game Studios partnering with Smilegate to publish or partially publish Lost Ark in North America and Europe later this summer. This had originally shown up. All the way back in 2018, when uh, they announced plans for a North American release. And that's where, that's around when this released originally in Korea. But now it's finally confirmed. I guess some more publishing agreement details came out last August. But now, finally, like all the rumors or plans or speculations have been formally announced. You can pre-order this like on Steam and on the official website. They're planning to release later this summer. And it seems like that kind of ends up being like a theme of the last couple weeks or months. We have a lot of like MMO, either new MMOs coming out or refreshed MMOs, or MMOs that are that have been held to other markets are finally being like localized. Uh, so, what do we think of what we what do we think about when we see this trailer for Lost Ark?
3: I hear. Well, first of all, it was pretty much it was like all but confirmed before because last right. year. Um, the, the developer behind Lost Ark is the Korean developer known as Smilegate. And last year, Amazon like officially announced with a press release and everything, we are going to be publishing a game, an MMORPG from Smilegate and Smilegate had like one MMORPG. So it didn't take Sherlock Holmes to deduce that one. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what uh, I was trying to
0: get at it. Like we kind of knew right. about this, but now it's like formal. Yeah.
4: I played their um, mobile game, Epic seven. So. Oh
1: Yeah same publisher i i hear a lot of really really great things from friends who played lost uh arc i, I think they I, f- I forgot if there's like a client out there it's like the russian release but there's like a a fan-made like english patch it's like for menus only or whatever i forgot how that is but the you know the people who really go out went out there to go try it out and then they played it a lot they're like this is really good and then they, they all plan on like going to the western release and it comes out. I'm I'm excited. Like it's like it's sort of like a MMO Diablo esque game, but it's very flashy. And it seems like the systems are kind of well thought out. um I I, I do hear there's like in uh in notorious Korean MMO fashion. I I I do hear there's quite quite a grind involved in it. But you know what? Uh, my young my young young me that I was built for that. I played a lot <laughs> of Korean MMOs back in the day. You know, Cabal, Atlantic Online. Like back when we had all, yeah. all had more time.
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't f- think
4: I'm worried about the grind. I usually worry about the end game where it's too much pay to win. That's usually the mindset of most. most uh,
1: yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder how it is for for this game because I, I, I hear it's okay. Like that, especially oh, I, like if you go for it.
3: I had a chance to meet with the developers in a group, like kind of like a panel setting, um, and it is going to be a free to play game. So I don't know, like, how the monetization is overseas or whatnot. But yeah, it is free to play and there are going to be, like, founders packs, you know, you like, you don't have to buy one, but you can buy, like, a pack to pre-order it to get bonus stuff. And then there's going to be some sort of cosmetics or
0: utility store that you can get. So. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's either probably going to be microtransactions, probably in, uh, like, a premium what do you call it? Like, a a premium service that you can like opt into like
1: ESO or fantasy star. Yeah, I want to try it out. Uh, I've heard too many good things about it to not try it out. Yeah. It is a bit weird though,
0: that you can like, if you, if you go to their website, it talks about like pre-ordering this, but like, we don't have a date yet. They I think they just have plans for summer for a beta test, but that's kind of it.
1: I think they had like a a closed beta test earlier when you pre-ordered like the expensive edition, right? On Steam or whatever um, you get.
0: There's like different tiers and I haven't looked into exactly what tier gets you what, but I wouldn't be surprised. It seems pretty popular. Well, it's always been around, but it seems extra popular this year for some reason to get like early access for pre-ordering, whether it's a single player or an online game. So. One thing that is kind of interesting is that this, I don't know if this is Amazon money being swung around, but it will have written and spoken dialogue in English, French, German, and Spanish, like written and spoken. So that's actually that's like that seems pretty incredible to me. I do
1: Amazon finally have a hit on their hands. That'll yeah, last, and, and,
0: they'll, so. and they'll finally have their big game and they just had to publish SmileGate's
1: property to do it. But. <laughs>
0: But I could easily seems see like there's a lot
4: of so. MMOs released this year, though. It's like they're was it they're going with Aeon Classic from EnziSoft. We got Bless being ported to other things. It's like I don't know. It feels like the MMOs market's coming back for a revival.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I mentioned. I didn't I didn't specifically mention those two titles, but yeah, Aeon's getting a classic version in the vein of World of Warcraft, and then yeah, Bless is coming to PC again. I guess because yeah. Bless was it, it, Bless Online was on PC, and then Bless Unleashed. Was like not the same game on consoles, and now that's coming back to PC. It's weird. Uh, Yeah, it's
1: weird. No, you know, know, but even like uh, some people may say that like, hey, a PSO two New Genesis counts as an MMO, and like that 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 came out. Um, and also, you know, uh, this is the year FF eleven, and that's that's coming back too. You know. (laughs) And that's all I really
0: had like for pre E three big announcements because. Uh, following the announcement of the Lost Ark MMO on June 10th, last Saturday, we have the... Wait, June 10th. That wasn't last Saturday. That was last Thursday. Um, following that, we had the Summer Game Fest. This is Jeff Keeley's alternative E3 kickoff summer thing. E3's rival. Yeah, they're uh, the Scorpion to their Sub-Zero or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so... Summer Games Fest, which is like the summer version of the, from, the, from the same like, producing team as the Game Awards, was kind of like the big kickoff of the week. And we weren't exactly quite sure what to expect going into it. So let's just kind of go through what eventually came out of it. Uh, one of the bigger surprises that came out of it, very unexpected, I don't think anyone predicted, was Metal Slug Tactics. So this is yeah, yeah, this is something that it's like, wait, what? This looks like Metal Slug. Wait, what? This is not. This doesn't look. This doesn't look like how Metal Slug plays. It's a tactical, like almost tactical RPG, tactical game. Hell yeah, uh, yeah, it is. And it's it. We'll we'll, we'll be comparing this to another uh, tactical game that was announced uh, the week after. But it's. I thought that this was kind of like surprise highlight of the show mainly because it was so unexpected the show did have some other big hitters that we maybe thought about going in but what did you think about what we saw at a metal slug tactics great. like
2: it looks absolutely fantastic but and i hate bringing this up but i feel terrible that i'm not going to be able to support it in good conscience considering the current situation with snk i guess i don't know well. the context
0: there well they're owned yeah, by a, the context, by um,
2: A Saudi they're Arabia. Yeah. Um, they're owned by the Saudi Arabian Prince that was behind the Khashoggi uh, murder. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, that's uh, that, that's the unfortunate part. Like, you know, I mean the
1: SNK SK wasn't involved Shit. in that, but unfortunately, you know, that's the current situation for them. But I mean, you know, uh as for the game itself, I'm really excited to, you know, play it. I, I, I was very impressed with what I saw, the the, the pixels, I, I was very surprised at like how well those like the metal slug art style the pixel art how well it worked for that type of game i didn't think you could do that um and it just it looks it's something so out of left field it, it kind of reminds me of like when they decided to like bring make metroid at fps to in metroid prime you know it's such a weird genre shift that like I, I want to root for this game. I, I you know it, and and obviously it has the SNK license but SNK is not developing it's the publisher is MU and the developer is the cure studios, you know. So to that it, it to has that an point, SNK like, license, but not developed by them.
6: It reminds me sort of when like Yakuza went to be an RPG. It's like that's so crazy, it might work. Uh and like I'm I used to love Metal Slug growing up, but if there's any game that's gonna make me get into like a tactical game, like I say, I like my gimmicks. This this is enough of a gimmick, I might be in for this one.
2: Yeah, it looks amazing and like Besides the The, the game itself, it looks great. Like I, I'm really surprised at how well they managed to like translate the original like pixel art designs into this uh new style, while it still feels like Metal Slug. It feels like the two D metal slug that I grew up playing in the arcades. It's like I'm not. Well, it, there's two things that are surprising about this: the fact they're even making a tactical spinoff, because like nobody thought that would even be a thing. Like I don't think anyone thought, oh, one know it would be a great like Metal Slug spinoff, a tactics game. But not just that, but the fact that the pixel art looks like a Neo Geo game still. Right. They didn't like update it to look like. What
0: well, they didn't like, try to like reinvent it. Like this is what it would look like with a modern sensibility. No, they it seems like they were really faithful to the original look.
1: So the weird thing is, like the Metal Slug Tactics concept has like existed before. I think it was like a smartphone only game. Like there, there is like a smartphone game out there that is like called Metal Slug Tactics. So they've dabbled with the idea before. I don't think it's any. I don't think this game in particular is anything like related to that like original game. But like the, the concept has. Existed before. I don't oh, know. If yeah, it has, like,
0: metal metal slug attack. Maybe
1: I'm I'm, I'm looking maybe. at like the different mobile market games. Yeah, maybe I forgot what it was called exactly, but yeah, it, like borrows elements from that because in this trailer, like you know, there's definitely like follow attacks or sync up attacks. So like you do uh, uh an attack with uh, a person, and then like another person will follow up that specific attack with them through a sync attack and whatnot. It's it's um man.
0: By the I way, yeah, on, the, uh, on the on the Steam page for this, it says a dynamic tactical RPG. So uh, you should go. cover this. There you go. If you want to cover this for our site, it's it's in our purview. That's why we're talking about it here.
6: It's not on consoles, though, is
0: it? It was just a Steam thing, wasn't it? So I think it was. Platforms? They they Maybe. they didn't announce platforms. It has a Steam page. And this might be one of those things where it shows up on PC first and then gets the uh, the Switch oh. port like six months yeah. later. But yeah, they yeah. didn't they didn't really like formally announce anything and then another small uh, but surprising announcement early on in the summer game fest kickoff show was a sequel to salt and sanctuary called salt and sacrifice so this is like a kind of a 2d also kind of like a retrofitted style look uh very like gothic horror pardon me dark soulsian like sort of not not in terms of gameplay, but in terms of just like what it evokes in its like uh, outward style. So this is kind of weird because when this game was first like being like during the trailer. You can kind of see like the common DNA between this and Salt and Sacrifice, but it's like, is this a sequel to it? It wasn't quite sure because they they talked about like how it's about uh, being a mage hunter and like that's the premise of the game, and it looks a little bit different. But then at the end they revealed the uh, title Salt and Sacrifice, and they're like, oh, it is in like the same series of games. So uh, coming 2022 for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and then also listed for PC.
1: So what do we think about Salt and Sacrifice? I think it's uh, it's, got, it's been a long time since Salt and Sanctuary. Like uh, uh, when you think about when that was uh, like released, the, the like the, a lot of Salt and Sanctuary's like talk throughout that uh, the mainstream at the time was like, oh, this is like a Dark Souls, like you know, and it's like it was very novel for that. Where it took like very similar systems from Dark Souls, but then it was like a two D landscape. And like they have a very striking art style. I, I'm not the, I, always like the biggest fan of like salt and sanctuary. Look when it comes to like character models and movement, but I I thought the game was really fun. Like I enjoyed salt and sanctuary quite a lot. So seeing you know uh, salt and sacrifice being announced, uh, I'm I'm very excited to check it out. It looks a lot more refined on that uh, engine and whatnot, and. Uh, you know uh, good for them good for them yeah the the uh, uh really the, have... i
0: know what you mean by like the movement it almost looks like they have like that puppetry marionette kind of style where they only move at like their joints uh it's mm. it's 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 hard to explain without like looking at the trailer but it
1: it's kind of an acquired taste i suppose yeah and then they seem to be really going uh, all out with the scope here i i forgot if the first one had local co-op with two players uh i think it did i think i think it did but i don't think it was online and this will have like drop in, drop out online for this one and then they're talking about like joining like multiplayer factions uh and like there's like a whole sort of like this seems to be they're, they're really taking in like the concepts from the first game and like really building it
0: out well, here's uh here's a paragraph from the press release. Like Salt and Sanctuary the first game had co-op that was intentionally obscured as rudimentary as it comes, local only same screen. Uh be, uh because Salt and Sacrifice is being built from the ground up as a multiplayer game, co-op is much more intentional. There's a full co-op mode playable online and locally. You can progress well, through the entire campaign together. So, that's sounds amazing, you know. I w- I want to play this with friends.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Then the later two announcements from Summer Game Fest, I think these were kind of expected or maybe more so than the first two. We did get a trailer for Tales of Arise, and this was showing off the full playable cast, at least at what they're marketing as the full playable cast. We were uh, introduced to Dohalim and kisara who are the uh the halim fights uh with a like a rod or a pole arm, and then kisara is like a paladin that uses a mace and shield we got a a new trailer for tales of arise and uh, a bunch of new key art we got the western box art eventually from the uh drop from the press release so kind of like the final kickoff of marketing for tales of arise that's coming out in september so uh and then after this trailer we actually did get the opportunity to put up a preview for this game so i guess i'll hand this off to the person who was able to do that for us so george tales expert hello what do you think what do you think about <laughs> t- tales of
6: Arise? eyes so as the designated tales expert um <laughs> jokes i've <laughs> i've never played them uh i yeah i really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun uh it's not like the scarlet nexus preview where I had, like, four hours with that, so I got to taste, like, a really, like, a pretty decent bit of what I was getting into. Like, it was 25 minutes tops, I think. It was, like, two areas. Um, The focus was very much on combat and just getting used to, like, how the characters control. Uh, There wasn't really any story to it. Um, But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like, unfortunately... I, I don't know whether it was just me being like really dense, but I had to do her keyboard and mouse when I was playing. Like, I had my gamepad set up, but it was like, it was not accepting it. I was like, oh, God. It I must know. be pretty hard yeah. to play
4: a Tales game with a keyboard. Dude, that sounds sick.
6: <laughs> it was hard as heck. Like, <laughs> every time I was doing a combo, I was like, yeah, I'm awesome. And then I hit the pause button and I go, oh, why? <laughs> what am I doing? Um, Good thing you didn't put on a video,
1: shit. huh? I'm <laughs> just kidding.
6: <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 oh, God, that would have gone badly. Um, but then I got used to it a bit. I ran around the, like, field area, uh, just, like, fighting a bit, because I was like, right, I, I want to talk about this and, like, get used to the combat, and not to be like, I hate this, because I don't know how to do keyboard and mouse, um, which I wouldn't have said anyway, because I, that's silly. Uh, But then I did get used to it, and, yeah, like, it, it's, like, really good, and when I can finally, like, perfect dodge, and, like, actually play it properly, like, I think I, I will really, really enjoy it. Um, And I also quite liked, I only got, like, a really small taste of this but there's there was a good bit of like field dialogues so as I was running around or like picking items up, you get like little chats between the characters. Um I was given like the full party for the demo, um, but they clearly weren't meant to be there. Like in cutscenes it was just the two main characters. Um, but they'd like still the whole party would talk as you're running around.
1: Uh, so, and again, um, it's
4: sorry, joke. Uh, are they interacting they? like the skit system from the
1: tales game? He doesn't know the skit system. Never <laughs> <played a> tales. <laughs> Shrug, okay. okay. Know. Uh, in They're
4: the tales games, they get to interact each other. Like, and they'll just talk like random off topic stuff.
6: Yeah. It was basically that it's like, it's like any, uh, the first thing that jumps to my mind is final fantasy 15, just cause that's one of my favorites, but like they'll just chat about stuff. Uh, it's usually reactionary, but like, sometimes it's just not like it's talking about combat styles. Um, and they're just joking around, and like it's it's very it's quite wholesome. Like I don't know if the stories can get super dark and deep. Or I don't know much about Tales, so I'm like maybe maybe not. Yeah, but... I was
1: looking at the other other previews for this game too, like to see like uh, kind of get a better understanding of like where they're going with this. And I, I, I think to address Chao's uh, mention like the skit system. The skit system is basically when you're in previous Tales games when you're going around like the the world, sometimes you'll have like a little button problem that says, "Oh, there's like a certain topic like people want to talk about." Like, say oh like Yakuza! It, yeah yeah exactly so oh yeah like, that, in, 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 exactly it, <laughs> yeah but yeah. like in, in Tales games, it entails games like you would open it and then it would like pop up and, like it would like freeze the game and then like it would pop up like portraits like anime portraits the like characters like talk speaking with each other on, like oh. a certain topic so I'm wondering just, if it's uh, like like how you mentioned George, like with the Yakuza, with the Yakuza yeah, 7. It, I, I wonder. I just, want to, I just want to highlight how
0: like backwards that is. Like we have to disc- we have to compare tail skits to
1: Yakuza 7's newly introduced <laughs> skit analog. <laughs> I love this. Is why I love speaking with George about this when he's like new to a game because I have to I have to re- reverse my thinking on how to make comparisons. <laughs> it's so good. Um, That's and, on our toes.
6: It's uh it's very much just natural field dialogue. There's no like button prompt for it. Okay. Um so much more like modernized streamlined I guess you could say. Yeah, I wondered that. Uh, and then the demo ended with like just a big boss fight and then that was it. Uh, but I came away thinking like I was already pretty interested in this, but now like I'm definitely interested in this every time uh, i
1: see battles in this game i'm like i get so excited like it, it it feels so much more fluid and and like energetic and more busy than like um uh, crystal not for story uh, berseria um mm. like because it, and berseria like uh, it's it felt so restrictive because every like there was a system in that game where if you want to do special attacks you'd like fill up like these gauges but every time like you got hit you would like lose like one of those so like if you were getting punished by, like, if you were bad at the game or bad at the battle system or just bad at like not taking, or just struggling
0: on a specific fight or whatever. Yeah,
1: you 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 felt restricted. It's like, oh man, like I feel like I can't do anything because I like, are getting hit. But in this one, like it it feels more versatile. I mean, you see like those action like I, I don't know exactly how like the inner workings of how um, Arise's battle system works, but it feels like it, the the bar to do actions like special attacks fills up so much more quickly, and you're just. Sl- way more incentivized to just style on enemies
6: Mm. just to clarify as well um and this was sort of the case of scarlet nexus but i think that one turns out a little better because that's like a a new ip but uh, rpg site isn't just like oh let's just chuck george or like whatever whatever let's let's have him come back and he won't know what we're on about like sometimes when we they hold these demos uh they stream them through specific areas like different servers um which i sound like an ape trying to describe anyway like oh, yeah servers. Um, <laughs> but in most cases with bandai namco it's like europe so i work best for them even if i'm like what
0: is a tail? <laughs> but uh, in I can't, this case, I wait scott- we have the opportunity to be like this really like grognard technical game we're like george you're up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, they're gonna. do It's like, oh yeah, we're doing this labyrinth of Yomi preview only for Europe. It's like, all right, George, time to go play Labyrinth of Yomi for us. Good luck. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I can't laugh. Ah
2: oh, man, it, when's it the George good. Dungeon was- RPG arc happening? Oh man. Oh, no.
1: But yeah, that that sounds really cool, George. I'm I'm really ex- I'm really excited for this Tales game. I'm really looking forward to it. It's so, it so sounds so promising. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and uh, like uh, Brian mentioned early, earlier, we got uh, a look at Kisara and Doholim and they like the trailer. They look, they look sick as fuck. Like especially the pole arm uh, that Dojolim uses. It like the animators for that looks really, really cool. And his design kind of reminds me a bit of uh, Arjuna from Fate Grand Order, and I got a kick out of that. Uh, but you know, it, it, when, the, when we, when we sh- is weird. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah.
0: When we shared the the art. And the trailer for like these two characters. We got like equal, equal billing of people going, Oh no, they're hot, <laughs> like for both of them. <laughs> so it's a good looking yeah. game full of good looking people. I'll put it like that. And it's actually it's actually this sounds really shallow, but it's kind of nice to see a Tales game where you can like appreciate that because up until Bazaria, they looked good in spurts and they always had like the good like anime openings from uh what's that studio that does them? UFO table. Yeah. Uh but they're like the bizarrea like environments were always really bland and like you could tell mm-hmm. that they were just like churning them out and they were like reusing mo- it's it's nice to feel like that this game has been in the oven for a, a while with some backing. Yeah. And I know that's really shallow, and it does really like and then, I don't know. It No,
1: no, I I get it. Like it because you know, especially when you're thinking about like, I I, I like Zilia one and Zilia two, but when you, when you think about the lineage of like when it, uh, the Tales series went to HD, Zilia one, Zilia two, then yeah, I think right right after that's like Zysteria, uh, Zistaria, Zisteria, because because you have the Graces F port from the Wii, but that's you know it's still a Wii port, and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like Xisteria, and then Berseria was like, okay, like, I, I get that a lot of people like Berseria, but for me, like uh, you're saying, like when it comes to like environments, and especially dungeon design, that game, it, it, like, it, it made me realize how much I really need a, like a, a, an RPG game environment to really like be energetic and, and full of life, and especially dungeon art uh, design as well. If, like, if it's not, if it's very bland and straight hallways always, and there's nothing really... Interesting to look at. Like I lose interest very fast, no matter how well uh, how well the characters play off of each other. I don't remember. This is my just my memory
0: playing tricks on me, or just what stuck with me. But I remember like Bizarreia dungeons being like wide corridors full yeah. of like ninety degree angles. Like everything's just like a grid, and like just with like bare walls and like enemies trotting about. Well, I plus don't a, think you <laughs> ever a bunch of, play a like, good dungeon design, really. Well, now, I hope. In, so- I like the puzzle lead type dungeons in Symphonia, even if yeah, some of game. them go overboard. But
3: I think overall, Symphonia is the best Tales game with dungeons, even if some of them are a little fit. <laughs> having overboard. shadow
0: dudes chase after you. Know, yeah, like, do that one is
3: more, more just a control thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I, George mentioned this in his preview. I don't think he mentioned it here. Um, so the game doesn't actually have like the cel shaded style for characters. Not quite like Scarlet Nexus coming out soon. That is clearly like cell shaded anime style, but this game it more has like characters have a little bit of like, it's, it's like a mix between uh cell shading and a little bit of like a patterned, like artwork, like watercolor type design. And it's yeah. also especially apparent in like the backgrounds. It looks like a painting. So it's, it's, it's got a little bit of a different flavor to it. It still is very like anime inspired, but it's, it's not, it's, it's, well, it's got some
0: s- cool touches. When I think of cell shading, I think of deliberately trying to make your three D models look like two D artwork, and that's not yeah, quite what they're yeah. doing here, right? Well, on the website, because I, I looked it up, because I was like, "Wow, this like I
6: can't tell if I'm just not looking at it right, but this looks like a mix of like watercolor and like sort of cell shading." And yeah. I looked it up, and like they call it atmospheric shading, and I was like, "Oh wow, so that's purposeful." Like in which case they've nailed it because it does look exactly like that. It looks really good.
1: That's coming out and September, I, right?
0: Tales of Arise. Mm-hmm. That was known, uh, and then like I know some people have been really like trying to like dig into like the menus and like the arts and like oh this game has apples and orange gels, so it's gonna be like Team Symphonia games. Back when there was like two different lineage <laughs> it of Tales exist type anymore. Games. <laughs> yeah, like people's like so for some context, it's for for Tales games like pre Gilla or Graces. There were kind of like. Two distinct lineages. There was Team Symphonia and Team Destiny, where like the first family of games was like Symphonia, Abyss, Vesperia, and then Destiny, Destiny Two, Fant- uh, whatever. What else was in on that a, one? It's of that. Legendia. Uh, I was and
3: say sometimes the Destiny. was sort of its own thing. <laughs>
4: The Destiny team was more focused on 2D style um, Tales games, while the other team was more focused in a kind of like a 3D environment. And after I think it was Cilia's when they merged, so that's why silly has a little, little bit of the battle system from,
0: from the Destiny remake. But sometimes people still try to like retroactively fit. Like, is this more like a Symphonia game or a Destiny game? more influence to develop. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's so weird. So you you can dig really deep if you want to. The final announcement at the Summer Games Fest was, I think, one that we were kind of expecting, but they still like teased us with it throughout the whole night, and especially leading up right before they announced it. The re-unveiling of Elden Ring for the first time in like two years, since its initial announcement. We got a big new uh, three minute long trailer. We got a release date. We got a ton of like follow-up press and marketing and images and screenshots and interviews and details. Big blowout of everything for the next big project from from software. So where do we start? Uh, I want to start the release start date. The, the we release January twenty first, twenty twenty-two. So next January, January twenty-first. I want to talk about how the the, this game has
1: apparently a horse that can double jump. Dude, I I, I love that moment the trailer where (laughs) the horse just starts running up the wall vertically. It reminded of the Sengoku Basara anime where seems like they, they had like horse motorcycles going up the castle. I'm like, this might be a good video game. This might be this actually is also a really, just video a really good, game. good
0: trailer. So, we actually watched this trailer, most of us in like a group setting. And when it first showed up, we're like, oh yeah, Elden Ring, and we were like hyped. But then it just got better as it went along. Like, the more they showed, the more I was into it. Like, it was like, it's a well put together trailer. It just escalates, it just shows you so much. And it's just, it's paced really well. It, it's an.
1: i I. I could feel myself like getting amped and excited. As yeah, I'm so. Glad, I'm so glad that like almost all of that trailer was just gameplay footage, like just in-game gameplay footage. This is this exactly what's going to look like when you're playing the game, and like it just it's such a dense trailer that like you can really just break it apart and be like, okay, what could this be? And then, and then, and then, and then, and then like the follow-up interviews like kind of make more sense of like what you saw in that trailer. Oh, it's so. It's so good. Like, to, to a lot of people, understandably so. It's like it just looks like another Dark Souls. But I'm just like, hell yeah, dude! I fucking love Dark Souls. <laughs> I, saw, I saw like a joke tweet that took off where it's like, it looks like Dark Souls with horses,
2: and I'm like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so. I mean,
1: what? you, you what don't have to say
2: anymore. Like, uh, honestly, if the, whole trailer, if the trailer, if the trailer, if the trailer was just from software and then the logo again, i still would have been all in.
6: So I that, love like the color palette. I okay. love being able to, like double jump. Like it just—it looks like the perfect melding of Sekiro and Dark Souls. Like
1: yeah, and like oh my god, that's that's exciting. It, it's really interesting because like that trailer and the follow-up interviews like really show that Elden Ring is sort of like a culmination of like From Software's entire career with the Soulsborne series and Sekiro. Like they're taking lessons learned from each and every single entry and kind of like putting this in this Elden Ring melting pot of like, what can we do to just like take the best from each entry and like, how well do they fit together? Because in that trailer, uh, they showed like, oh, there's like uh Sekiro parrying. Oh, there's like the Bloodborne dash. Oh, there's Dark Souls rolling. And uh, and then with uh, the follow-up interviews, they're like, yeah, we're going back to like the, how we did it uh, in uh, Demon Souls and Dark Souls where there's um non-linear uh progression where you kind of can choose the order of like how you wanna tackle um areas and then there'll be like a, a critical path that you can get through but there's a lot of like optional bosses and, uh, and areas that you can go explore off on your own and they're really making a point of like exploration is a big key focus of this game. They're also talking about that like they're they're not they're not going to take like the sekiro path again. This is a lot more RPG stats heavy focus you can have builds in this game so a lot of people were delighted to hear that and then they're talking about you know like the one of the new mechanics in this game or not even a new but um like a big focus this game is like there will be like spirits that you can summon to aid you in battle they can be like offensive defensive some of them will just be useless to have like a certain gimmick and they're also taking like the dark souls 3 weapon arts um system where like uh, a weapon art was like bound to like uh exclusively to a weapon in Dark Souls three, but in uh, Elden Ring, those weapon arts are just now part of a pool, and you can like apply them to any weapon in the game. So like, they're just like talking about so much things that like in passing that like it can it affects so much of the game because now you have like such like because of that one little detail, there's so much build variety now uh, that like it's inst- I can't I can't imagine what sort of like playthroughs each person's gonna have to these kids. Like, what were your shadows? Oh, I use this spirit and this weapon with this weapon art. Like that works. What? Yeah, like, like, and I could see people like
0: say, like, I remember when I was playing Neo and I was using magic, and I forget if it was George or Adam who was like, I didn't even know you could do that. Like, it was me. I never n- even yeah, tried <laughs> to use magic, so I could see that easily happening here, where it's like I use these skills and I used a two handed sword, and someone's like, well, I used, uh, I don't know, a club followed, by, the, and I use these magic just to, to, to support me in the spirit, and like, so, oh, I didn't even think about trying that. Like, I could easily. I, I hope that's kind of where we end up once this game is released. It's just people tinkering and messing with, like, oh, I, I really struggled on this boss. Because, like, like Josh said, there's, like, six main areas, which is each, like, a a demigod or demi like, one of the, basically, like, the kind of the realms of the different antagonists of the game. And they're, like, nonlinear. So people might have, like, struggle in certain areas. Like, I found... The marsh or whatever swamp that you know is coming uh, easy, and <laughs> someone else found it difficult because they used like a different skill set or a different gear set that was more suited to that area. So it's it's exciting to, to speculate and think about. Yeah. Also, there is a pot gremlin. Oh, yes, yes. The, and there's like a cauldron. There's a guy with like a cauldron. It's either it, the cauldron is either his head or on his head. <laughs> I don't remember.
1: <laughs> it's interesting to see. Also, like the, I feel like the. Both this and Diablo Four have like this system of like like horses like are a key feature that you can just like jump off the horse and like and, like do like a horse attack animation midair after jumping off the horse and it's just, like is this like is that just coming back like horses are a key gameplay part again because I'm all for horses it. are
0: the new grappling. That's right.
1: right. Um, well, they did
0: mention that like this is the largest world that they've built, and I'm guessing that's due to the fact that you can traverse it so much quicker. So, uh. I'm the, if this was any other developer, I'd be like, well, I hope it's not just big for the sake of being big. But like, I don't think I've ever worried about that for like Dark Souls or uh, Demon Souls or being like not dense and full of stuff. Like. If, if it was any other developer, I'd, be, I'd I'd, I might be like concerned, but I'm not here. I'm excited to see like what they can do with having basically different two different speeds of traversal. You might have areas that you're intended to run around on horseback and move much more quickly, and then followed by like the dungeon areas where you're, which is more classically, you know, on foot souls exploration. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, as, as tempting as it is to like talk about this alert for like five hours, I mean, there's many oh, right. you know,
0: yep. analysis video, so, but, videos. But Elden Ring looks, looks 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 badass. It's yeah. so good!
1: Uh, I'm so excited for it. It's also it's uh, it's releasing by that uh, new Pokemon game right the next year. That that oh yeah a week the, uh,
3: before Arceus yeah, we
0: hope. I, n- I never announced this, but uh, Elden Ring is uh, releasing for basically current and last gen, so PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Um, this might sound a little bit like snarky, but like I feel like I wouldn't want to play this on an Xbox One. Like pick any of the other
1: options. I don't know. I hope that Half of ha- has a uh, adaptive trigger support on PS Five. I want to play it there. That, um, that, that's, that's that's a cool idea. With like the weapon
0: swings or whatever. Because uh-huh. sometimes like those bigger, the bigger arcing attacks were like mapped to the
1: triggers. Ooh, yeah, I could see that. Ooh, mm. deliver us to the promised land, Miyazaki. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the following the Summer Games Fest, the first publisher event was the Koch Media Expo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, and this one was a weird one. So I don't know if I want to talk to maybe Adam about this because Adam was able to see what Koch Media was planning to show throughout the week earlier in a press event. And we kind of got to look at a few trailers, a few of the things we're going to announce, and then this we have this public-facing uh, expo. And it wasn't what we expected. So what did you think about it, Adam?
3: Okay, so Koch Media, they are also known as Deep Silver. Before E3, they invited uh, me and other people from press to basically like preview the games they're going to be showing. Now, this is the, uh, they're part of like the Embracer group. They're, they have like Saints Row under their belt. They have Dead Island, if that's still a thing, um, and, if, and a few other franchises like that. And so people were hoping, like, maybe they'll announce a new Saints Row or something. Um, that's not it. So during this invited private event, they showed press uh, a, a new publishing label called Prime Matter. Why exactly they need a new publishing label when they have Deep Silver already, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe Deep Silver has a really bad reputation and their idea to have to re, to to repair it is just to make a new one. I don't know. Um, that didn't seem to work but um they showed off a bunch of games including several RPGs but it's more like it's more like an indie publisher sort of deal like um for like european developers and there's like a brazilian developer and a korean one um for the sort of new ip double a scale games so there is no saints row or anything like that it's a bunch of games <laughs> you've never heard of before like there is an rpg called dolmen uh, there is an RPG, um, called the last aura crew. There was an action adventure game whose name escapes me, but it's from like, uh, an Icelandic studio that actually looked pretty nice. Like visually it was the most impressive one. So during this private event, they showed like, you know, five to 10 minutes of each game kind of in sequence. Like here are the games and here's some developers talking over the gameplay footage about what we, what it is. And even if it's stuff that didn't like necessarily interest you, it's like, you know, we're seeing the game. Seeing a developer talk about it, it's like, oh, okay, I see what this is, and I just assumed, and other people assume this as well who were there that, like, oh, okay, so when they show this during the E3 event, it's just going to basically be this again, only maybe like the public version of it, right? But it instead this Koch Media event, and Koch is how they pronounced it, so that's how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> um, the, during the E3 event, it was like Zoom interviews with the developers. And it was the sort of thing they went like 25 minutes at the start without showing any gameplay footage. It was bad for for an E3 stream. It's like, what are you doing? Um, the, if they, that's I'm not saying like developer interviews are like you never want to do them, but for an E3 showcase and like no warning ahead of time of what they're showing, that seemed weird. And not only that, but like the games that they were talking about were games that I knew about because i went to a private event for them but if you didn't go to that event you these games you've never heard of before they've never they've been announced maybe in like text somewhere but they're talking about these games they didn't even tell you the title clearly that you had no idea what they were talking about they weren't showing anything it was just developers talking it was really weird like i i i saw some streamer people basically trying to dis- like deduce like What's what's even the title of the game we're talking about right now? Like w- we have no idea. It was it, really strange. It was
1: also weird because like that. That's also the stream that I think Hotch Media like paid like streamers to co-stream. Uh, yes.
3: Well.
1: So <laughs> they have to. Uh, Can a you imagine
3: a, like a streamer like they have to watch it because they've been paid for it and they're like, yep. I have no idea what's
1: going on. And co-streamers have to be like painted like it's it's okay, guys. It's all right. <laughs> Go Hotch and Media. I mean,
3: it's really weird because, like, they've also like, there are some games they announced that they showed footage for for me in press, but they didn't show. They I still, I think, they still haven't released it publicly, and it's just. I like, think for
0: the last Aura Crew is, I think, one of those where there's some public yes. screenshots, but no footage, right? And it's just like, but by the way, that game is like the is like
3: it fits very well as like the epitome of Eurojank, By the way, <laughs> um, but anyways, it's just it just seemed really weird. Out of all the games that Koch Media showed, the one that seems the most interesting to me, actually, let me look this up. I forget the title. Um, it's
6: it Painkiller, right? It's
3: it's a Painkiller reboot. They announced there two things they announced um, that were maybe uh, uh, the 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 Painkiller announcement as well as the uh, as well as the like payday three announcement were the ones that were kind of known quantities in terms of uh in terms of uh, what people are aware of but they uh, they couldn't really say anything about either of them
0: so while you're looking of, that oh, up, I will say that the uh they have a game that's a uh post post apocalyptic uh kind of crpg called encased which reminds me oh a yeah, bit yeah. it it reminds me a bit of um the uh oh what was what was the game was that was that, that one Well, kind of like maybe Fallout. Fallout's a prototypical CRPG. uh, The old school Fallouts anyways. But what was that game that got deleted and delisted from all the storefronts Oh, paranoia, uh, happiness Yeah, okay, yeah, that's it. For some reason, it had escaped my brain. But it reminds me of paranoia because in paranoia, it talks about like, you're in an underground facility and like, w- you only have access to certain places. Like, you have red access or blue access or green access. Um, and here in the tr- in this trailer for Encased, it seems sort of like, kind of similar where it's like, it talks about the different wings uh, of this, uh, I don't know if it's like a facility or like a campus of some sort. Uh, and like, different ones have kind of like different focuses or different specialities. So it's it's only releasing in early access. Uh, Well, it's already out in early access. Oh, sorry. It's releasing out of early access with its 1.0 release um, later this year. But that's the one that I thought was kind of interesting. It's mainly because like, hey, there was another game that was kind of like this paranoia that just like evaporated off the face of the map. So uh, maybe I'll try this one out instead.
3: Yeah, so the game that looked most like visually impressive to me, was called Echoes of the End." It's from an Icelandic studio called, and I'm gonna totally mispronounce this. Murkir. Um It's an action adventure game, so I don't know if it really fits like our website. Um, but like, out of all the games, it's, like that's the one I'm actually like most keen to like see what they do with it. But otherwise, you know, th- none of these are like proven studios or proven established IPs. Really, besides like Painkiller, so. You know, it's like a grab bag. We'll see if any of
1: them are, uh, Gungrave is a proven IP. Thank you very much. Oh, and
3: there's Gungrave
1: I, uh yeah. has Gungrave core for some reason. Uh yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'm stupid of like, oh hopefully the game's good. So
0: So following the Koch Media presentation, uh so we'll have to see if any of those games like Dolmen or Encased uh or uh any of those end up like Really surprising. We'll have to wait until we get like more concrete details on a oh, lot of. They them they did make
3: two. They they did t- they did make two smaller announcements too. I'll, I want to make sure I get to. Um,
0: uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance is coming to Switch, and it's the uh, same uh, porting studio that did uh, Witcher Three, so should be decent. Mm-hmm.
2: I and don't the, know how the hell it's going to manage to run on Switch, considering yeah, how CPU bound that game is.
3: I, I'm. I think I'm the only person who played. Who's played this, um, at least to any significant extent. Uh, creator, you know, idiocy aside, the game itself is actually pretty decent. Um, apparently, the Switch port came out. Uh, that it's um, the when they were selling the game in Japan, like the Japanese press release said, it was coming to Switch, and like it was even picked up by like Nintendo like as you know like listed somewhere or advertised somewhere but like it wasn't the case and then at that point they just sort of saw the kind of like the fervor over it overall like
0: maybe we should actually look into seeing if we can that's do this an interesting they they can. i'm imagining yeah. like a japanese audience like really clamoring for this very like prototypically <laughs> western fantasy game well not even fantasy western medieval like that's interesting that there's a market for that it's kind of cool actually yeah, and uh, the other
3: announcement was that Outward, which is a survive a Canadian survival RPG, uh, which Brian played, is coming to next it. gen consoles. Yeah, and you thought it was pretty decent, right? Yeah, like, it's not Outward, great. But Outward decent.
0: is like a, first first of all, it is janky, so you have to have like a, the the stomach for that. But it's like Canada imagine thinks. imagine a third person action RPG that really focuses on like survival elements, like almost like Rust or something. So it kind it kind of does like try to like mesh those two genres together a bit. I, I want to get back to it and play like uh so it, what what was the announcement it's coming to switch? Just next gen consoles. So oh, just not ne- not, not that interesting. Yeah. Um I want to play sorry, some of like, the I, I want to yeah. play some of the expansions that have come out since launch, some of the added stuff they put cuz it's like a 9 dots, it's like a studio of like 12 people I think. So they're uh they're really like hammering that game pretty well.
3: And it's it's sold more than a million units. That's pretty darn good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so The very next showing after the Koch Media debacle uh, was the big IGN expo. Now, the only game that I picked out of here to talk about was a new trailer for Steel Rising. This is from Spiders Studio, uh, known for making Greedfall. We had the original announcement trailer of Steel Rising f- like from last summer, which was which was just like a cinematic like couple trailer trailer and then this is basically just 50 seconds of the same thing uh so i really did think like i liked greedfall enough that i was really excited to see like i wonder what spiders does next but then they got right. picked up by uh Nissan nacon the french publishing label nacon nacon <laughs> and then like so th- this game takes place like in an alternate universe french revolution where if i understand this right you play as like a marionette in service of the queen and yep. it's very awkward like i for some reason i am not jiving with just the premise at all like when i think of marionettes marionettes are very useful like when i'm saying marionette like animatronic like like jointy, like a movement,
3: robot puppet, ro- yeah, like a, right. like
0: an old, like, a, like a, yeah, uh, and then like I think that makes a really good like antagonist, or it's something that kind of sets like unnerves you and puts you on edge. But now it's like the protagonist is one of those, which is like okay, that's interesting, like that's ballsy. I'm just like not sure I'm on board, but also we've barely seen anything from this game, like this trailer's fifty seconds long, <laughs> so uh yeah, and the original trailer was also like it was also like fifty seconds
3: long, and most of it was just like circling around renders right right um, so we have, we barely have seen this game, so that's you know it's like we just gotta wait for more, right but also uh they did announce that this game is planned for two thousand twenty two originally, they didn't have even a year. And I was wondering if it was further out because Greedfall took a while. Like Greedfall came out like five years after it was announced or something like that. Maybe three, four years, but um, it took a while in any case. So this being announced last year, I wondered how long it's going to take, but apparently it'll be available next year.
0: You still haven't seen much though. Well, Nacon is having another show in early July, so maybe we'll see more. I'm not on board yet, even though I really liked what Spiders did with Greedfall. Yeah. so at this point it's i'm really in just kind of wait and see mode um was there anything else out of the ign expo worth covering or should we just kind of move on in service of keeping pace yeah
6: i think i can't think of anything
0: <laughs> all right the next one was ubisoft forward which kind of a lot of the same story here where uh, they they did talk a lot about Far Cry 6 was, I think, a big headliner of that show. Uh, we focused on an announcement of something that had previously leaked on, like, the Nintendo eShop, like, the day before or Nintendo something. Themselves hmm?
1: Nintendo, Nintendo
0: themselves leaked it. Nintendo themselves. Ah, uh, okay. So, what, what we're talking about is Mario and Rabbits Spark of Hope. So another game in that surprisingly successful series so what was the name of the first title mario and rabbits kingdom battle. Kingdom. kingdom battle that that sold like seven million or something like that which is yeah. insane to me uh yeah like, the,
2: yeah the director like right after the um sequel got announced said yeah we sold like seven and a half million copies and it's like oh shit
0: well jesus and this is like so Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle and now Sparks of Hope is this weird crossover of three things Mario, the Ubisoft Rabbids, which used to be everywhere, but now it seemed to be like this is what they're relegated to, and <laughs> XCOM and XCOM gameplay. So I've never played the original. Has anyone here played Kingdom Battle? Yeah, yeah or, I, I, I played I it. Did. I think it was like really good. Again, gimmicks. If you get me a gimmick uh,
6: and I, I. I... I usually hate the rabbits because they obviously killed Rayman, but like I like Mario, so <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I hold a grudge, all right?
5: You're <laughs> murderers.
6: Um, but yeah, this one looks like quite different. Like, uh, they've got free movement, and I'm not sure how like far it extends. I still think it's quite like XCOMy, but like within your area, you can just like
0: run around a bit. I, I don't. Uh, that seems uh, to be
1: the main difference. I don't like this debut trailer because it showed me what uh, Rosalina would look like as a rabbit and that did maybe sick to my stomach. Is
0: not there like a rabid <laughs> Luma too somewhere? There? Yeah, yeah. So those are the sparks awful.
1: now. So the the sparks are, are the they, in the press release they call them the uncanny creatures formed by the fusion of Lumas and Rabids. Like <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> uh, wait, what? what does that mean? So I I, I don't know, man. It's uh. Um look sure why not that, that that was a fun first game uh, i'm down for a second one it looks it looks great yeah it
6: does look really really good
1: it looks you know? silly and goofy
0: which i think more games should a lot like so many games are like so intent on being seen as like artsy or like really serious Seriously? so i'm really not i'm, I'm glad i'm glad that we're just like we're gonna wear this goofy like irreverence on our sleeve and make that like a core of our game like i'm glad that someone out there is doing that and having fun sure, doing you know, it
1: Mario did dual guns in the first one. Or we have
2: we have progressed past they the looked, need. They look
5: different,
1: uh, though, didn't they? Go ahead, James.
2: We have progressed past the need for uh, irony poisoning. We, no. we we can just be uh, we can just be cringe and live it. <laughs> there
1: you go. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just saying, "Hey, you're gonna have uh, like a roster of nine, and then they showed off. we uh, Rabbit Peach, Rabbit Mario, Princess Peach, uh, in this trailer, along with Rabbit Rosalina, um, you know. But we, we don't know too much about like what are the new improvements here. We saw a little bit of gameplay, but not not too much. Uh, yeah. I, I think this is releasing what next? Sometime next year for Switch, right? Yeah, they just, they just said like 2022. Yeah,
6: yeah, which is kind of like. This sound this sounds really petty and I hate to be that guy It's like, oh, when's this game coming out? But like sometimes you see a trailer and like, oh that's definitely coming this year, right? Like that's been in development ages and like 2022.
1: Like, oh. that seems to be like a like a at least that, that was a big part of E3 it was like when you think like about release dates. It like I think there was no other only really the, the Nintendo Direct had like a big chunk of like 2021 20, releases. Everyone yeah, was like, like 2022. It's like, all right, well we'll chuck up with you. This year's
5: cancelled guys. <laughs> Yeah. I guess. So
0: sure. And then obviously that's coming out only for Switch. Yep. Yeah. All right. Now here's one of the big ones. The big first press event sorry, press event for Xbox slash Bethesda, now under one banner, E3 twenty twenty-one showcase. Now this was interesting kind of going into it because I think like the last two years. Or sorry, not including 2020 because that didn't happen. But 2018 and 2019, I remember going into the Xbox event. There was like a lot because obviously Phil Spencer was at the helm. There was a lot of like upward momentum for Microsoft and Xbox. And it was like Sony wasn't there or Nintendo might have had a down year. And it was like this was their chance to really like blow the lid off. And then they just kind of like whiffed. Like they had some decent showings, but it wasn't quite... It it didn't quite capture the way that people thought they might. And I feel like the general consensus seems like, despite the odd circumstances of this year, it seems like maybe they finally kind of like deliver it up to their potential. Potentially, obviously, everyone has their own opinion. Because we have a lot to talk about that came out of the big Xbox Bethesda showcase. And I just put everything
1: here in a random order. It's like nine different topics here. Uh, Who was the first person to present that, though, when it opened up? Hmm? Do you remember when the, when the Xbox press conference uh, opened up this year for E3? Do you remember who the first person on that?
5: Todd Howard. Howard. Like, That's
2: Howard. So oh yeah.
0: God <laughs> Howard. <laughs>
1: Announcing <laughs> another
2: Skyrim board. <laughs> you can't get away with this. <laughs> See, He's getting us all to buy Game Pass, so we're paying for Skyrim every month. Kinds the- <laughs> was
1: it, it, up there to talk about Skyrim very briefly. Okay, Skyrim did show up there.
2: Fuck
0: all right but, yeah. so let's, uh, let's start with that so we finally got the big reveal announcement for the long-awaited starfield releasing november 11th of next year 2022 which first of all that's kind of weird because when i when i saw this had a date i didn't read it carefully enough at first i I'm like wait november 11th what this game's coming out in five months kind of like how um fallout 4 was like announced in the summer and came out that that, that holiday, but no, this yeah. is November 11th of next year, which is weird to see a, such a specific date more than a year out. It's not unheard of, but it's just it's uncommon. Uh, those things like going to get delayed. <laughs> like I feel like that's like such yeah, a, yeah,
3: yeah, Like just like asking date. for problems, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So this trailer was kind of like more like setting the tone. It's kind of a slower paced cinematic introduction showing like this explorer that was in like this kind of like this moon lander sort of thing. So it seems like it's trying to like set like what this sort of game might feel like, but obviously it doesn't show gameplay. Uh, doesn't really go beyond that. I know some people, uh, some people that I talked to were kind of like disappointed in this trailer, but I'm actually kind of okay with it. That it like not every game announcement has to come out of the gates like screaming about like how hype it is. It's, it's- so I think it's actually, and especially like space exploration, just like as a concept, might have that might have like a more a more metered pace to it. If that's kind of what this game's premise is going to be, uh, they did talk a little bit about how this is built on. I know some people are going to cringe at this. The Creation Engine two. So obviously, one of the big bugbears of Bethesda and ZeniMax has been how long in the tooth the Creation Engine has been for. Both their their iteration of the Fallout games and the Elder Scrolls games. So when are they gonna finally move on? Just having a sequel, or not sequel is a weird word for it, has just having a creation engine to alleviate those fears. Well, you kind of hard to judge because we haven't seen any gameplay about like how how this game looks or how it performs. So it's still kind of like just hunting. With it,
2: it being possible being an action exclusive, they might be designing the engine around requiring an ssd which can change things mm-hmm. so who knows um i think the trailer was good and that it accomplished like for giving us our first taste of like the engine giving us an idea for what the tone of the game is going to be there's still plenty of time for them to show gameplay i mean again it's a year and a half out from now we're going to see gameplay i'd imagine that we might even see gameplay as early as the game awards if we're lucky but oh, that's
6: true
2: yeah that's a good point it, All right.
1: yeah. I have. I have three takeaways for the Starfield. Oh, I'm trailer. surprised. All right. Go all ahead. right. One, you know, I was all in game footage, all the in-game footage, like it like it was surprisingly good. Like I was like, Oh wow, this looks awesome. So I- I'm glad that what they showed was all in-game footage. Two,
2: that sandwich looked really good in that trailer. All yeah, <laughs> right. yeah that's, a, that's a nice looking sandwich. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take a bite out of that. Best best bread I've seen in a video game since Yakuza Seven, which is on Game Pass
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> uh three I, I saw a mech uh, in that trailer like uh, some sort of mech of uh walking around the moon i'm like all right i'm, I'm so I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so and this did this, this
0: sorry i'm stammering here this did also answer kind of another question that people had kind of been like throwing around it's like are, are they gonna allow quote unquote this to release on playstation and it seems like the answer is no. no, it's releasing on Xbox <laughs> right. Series, XNS, and PC. We will be Game Pass day, day 1, uh, but it, it seems like that's what happens when the console publisher owns the developer, Ryan, I suppose. Can I,
2: can, I, can I just say this?
0: Just go I, ahead.
2: I, I think the only people that were actually hoping that would be on PlayStation were Fanboys in Denial. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same song and dance whenever, like bef- right before they showcase like Elder Scrolls six, people will be like, but we'll be on PS five, though. And it's like, no, just it's, I it's am one of those thing. Like,
0: it's one of those where a, I'm just like not that passionate we, about it because it's just yeah. like they're owned by Microsoft. Like I wouldn't expect it on PlayStation. That's just kind of
1: like yeah. I can see the misconception because a lot of a lot of people who don't like really closely follow the game industry, like it to them it won't make sense because they, they start to fulfill the contracts of Death Loop and Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. So they'll they'll, they'll they'll be like, Why are, are these still releasing on uh, Playstation then and but not these? Like as they don't not really follow mm. like closely like how these contracts were arranged prior to the microsoft buying but so i can see the confusion around that sort of uh deal and, and whatnot but you know moving forward hopefully that dissipates over time uh, obviously it's going to be a, a rough rocky road uh from the offset right so it's it's be yeah. expected that's, that's fine yeah, i think it's all right i have two uh, follow-up questions go for it if,
0: if i can ask so yeah this, this is for people who play these sorts of games i don't know if like uh, like i'm not sure if t- George has played a Bethesda game at all? Uh, uh, yes. Oh, you have? Okay, never no, <laughs> mind. Bethesda
6: oh. games, yeah. All right. Just not, just you... not Fallout 76.
0: <laughs> all right. So, do you all think that the protagonist of this game will be voiced? No. No. And
6: to follow up.
0: Do you hope they good. will be voiced? Yeah, okay. Good. Well, so, well so here's like, I, 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 see a, I see a sentiment sometimes where it's like, they hate silent protagonists but like to me there's like a bit of nuance there because there's a difference between a character who like never speaks and is never implied to speak and then a character like in a game like this is presumably where you have dialogue choices so like the character is presumed to speak they're just not given a voiceover because their voice is the one in your head that's my takeaway like i don't need a paid actor i don't need to like select from a list of dialogue options pick one and then hear someone read it back to me. I just read it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I like,
5: totally can,
0: agree. to me. And I, and I don't know if this game will be first and third person, like the, like the other games or will be only first person. I don't know if they've said in that the anywhere
1: in the interview. I think they did confirm that. Third and first. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they I said would never like,
0: just like, I would never play
6: it in third. Some other like small details have come out from, uh, interviews. Just I'm going to like, like round these off. Uh, they say it's inspired. Like it's a hand solo type adventure, which sounds absolutely my shit. Uh, they said it is, I think they said it's like a bit more of a hardcore RPG, like it leans into RPG elements more, but not like, I wouldn't say off but like not going drastically far from like Fallout and that. So like,
0: uh, hopefully, hopefully more, like looking can, at, looking at Bethesda's work, hopefully more Fallout 3 and less Fallout 4, at least. But yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. But like, there's loads of details
6: out there, but it's like, it's, for me, it's still too early to be like really excited about it. Um mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like No Man's Sky. We, I know that's a weird comparison, but I hope there's not too much on the ship building and like traveling. Like I kind of just want to go to alien planets and then I I kinda just want Outer Worlds too, which we'll get to. Um <laughs> but like there's details out there, it looks really good. I'm hopeful. Like
0: Yeah, and so that's uh, I, I've really been inspired by kind of the work that they put into 76, even though that launched in such a terrible state but like unfortunately we have to go all the way back to Fallout 4 since we've seen a major title from Bethesda Game Studios otherwise in the same vein uh so i i'm excited i i kind of want to replay the other like both Elder Scrolls Skyrim and the other fallouts but like Starfield it's cool to see like yeah. a new IP and it's not just not just something that's more iterative it's something that can really like do something different so it'll be interesting to see like if they i hope it doesn't just feel like Space flavored Fallout or something like that. I hope it feels different.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's that's about the vast potential and hope for this game it's like since it's in space now. There's all sorts of like unexplored territory that they can like go through, right? Because it's not un- unless they're just going to go to the most boring. It's like it's a medieval fantasy, but in space, which on yeah. some level that sounds cool too. But um, you know, I, I, I really, I really hope that it, they they nail it. I'm really hopeful that. This becomes something special. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: So I guess the next thing on the list is to talk about the Outer Worlds too. Now, I think a lot of people, this was kind of like all the confirmed. I know a lot of people have been looking at like Obsidian job listings or things like that. And they were trying to like subdivide who's who's working on what at Obsidian, who's on Avowed, who's on Grounded, who's on josh sawyer's mystery game or whatever uh and it seemed like people were still working on like the outer worlds project it turns out they are the outer worlds 2 was announced obviously the outer worlds one was announced before the merger between microsoft and bethesda and released after so it's another one of those games that is releasing like everywhere where the outer worlds 2 is only releasing as a announced for xbox series and pc only had a cinematic won. trailer the cinematic trailer took this very like self, uh, I don't know, depreciating like we're, we're gonna yeah we're gonna show you nothing in this cinematic trailer because we don't have anything ready to show for you yet, which some people found funny, some people found cringy. I thought like I grinned like it was it was fine. Outer Worlds very intense. Yeah, but, like so, I'm ex- like, Outer Worlds I thought was a game that was good, but not great. And most of, I know some people like. Uh, really? When people when the Outer Worlds was first revealed, which feels like not that long ago, honestly, um, some people like kept thinking and kept pulling back to Fallout New Vegas constantly, and it never really felt like that to me. So I hope people don't just say like, now this one will be like Fallout New Vegas. Like, I really don't think it's like that sort of game. It really Weird feels up, like more, yeah. Because, and because other than the fact that it's first person an rpg like it doesn't really feel that similar to me but anyways getting away from that comparison the, the Outer worlds one i think it's mainly weak because it wasn't balanced very well it didn't play into its rpg systems that much it gave you like a ton of like consumable options so like the difficulty was nothing and i'm not saying every game has to be challenging but this was like brainless like you had 100 healing items at your disposal to use instantly whenever yeah. Um, one
2: thing i will say that stood out to me about the outer worlds and i never played the dlc maybe the dlc was better about it either it felt like by the end of the game all of your builds were going to be the same because you had more than enough leeway to kind of specialize quote unquote and pretty much a little bit of everything and yeah unlike some rpgs mm-hmm. where they kind of disincentivize that because no you need to specialize or you're not going to be or you're not going to have a great time it feels like the game's just perfectly willing for you to like specialize in everything and just do perfectly at everything. No problems. And it's, I'm not sure how I feel.
0: Yeah. So like, I'm fine with the tone. I'm fine with the setting. I actually thought that the narrative was actually kind of well done where it has like this big irreverent, jokey slapsticky tune, but then it kind of slowly funnels you to like, we have a serious problem uh that you need to solve and you're capable of doing it because of x y and z i don't want to spoil it and like that was actually like i thought well done but just kind of undermined by the fact that it didn't really feel like a fun game to play it wasn't a very good rpg so that's kind of where i hope i know some people were saying like oh now they've got microsoft money i hope it's bigger and shinier and i'm just like i hope it's just more balanced <laughs> like i know that sounds really like push up my glasses on my face but like <laughs> Rethink how much, how many like skill and perk points they allocate, like, yeah, enemy design, world design, that sort of thing. So, I really hope that they let this, like, even though it was announced shortly after like the first game, I, if we don't see this game for a long time, I'm okay with that. Just let this one cook. Yeah, I do uh, think actually
3: part of the problem with the original was that, and this is partially speculation, but it seems like it was meant to be like a smaller scale game. But then when people saw, were were interested in it, like really interested in it. Especially after Fallout Four, it feels like the scope of the game sort of ballooned and maybe kind of overreached in a way. So I do think there is some merit to people saying, like, you know, if they have Microsoft money behind it now, if they, you know, maybe the scope of the game is larger, but maybe that'll
5: it can all the resources resources. will be there.
3: Yeah, Um, because I do think that was a problem with the first game was that it always felt like it was meant to be smaller scale. Um, cause it was like, I, I... it was like, if you look at the other stuff that private division, private division publishes, it is all like, I don't want to say indie, but you know, it, it, I think it even is billed as like an indie publisher, like mm-hmm. smaller scale, double a sort of stuff where this now it's like, this is a Microsoft flagship. Maybe we'll see. Um,
1: so yeah. Uh, well, luckily, luckily I... obsidian is like a studio that like the, uh, they're pretty good about taking lessons learned from past projects and applying that to. Mm. another project a future project so hopefully yeah hopefully what everything that everyone else is saying you know i think they get it
6: yeah i i i like would probably sound most positive on the first one but i've always said from that review that a sequel would be so much better than the dlc like don't don't give me like little more episodes like i'm i won't play them i will play a sequel that like fixes and
3: improves on everything and that's what we're getting hopefully by the way, speaking of DLC, it just makes that specialization problem worse because you get more level ups and more skill points. Yes.
0: So instead of being a jack of all trades, you're just literally like god at everything. A oh, demigod. I'm just jack. <laughs> Chaos. Please hmm. At least don't kill me. <laughs> more on that later. Alright, then the next trailer that they showed, well, I don't know if these trailers are in order, but the next one we have listed from the Microsoft showing was one that I don't think we expected to, to to appear here we got a new trailer for the successful kickstarter project aiden chronicles which is basically the kind of built in the vein as like a spiritual successor to suikoden so they had a big long not long uh, 90 second trailer for this coming to xbox series followed by the announcement of aiden chronicle rising which is like a town building spinoff Built in like the same world and engine coming next year. So we got the announcement of Aiden Chronicles coming in 2023. So that one's a ways off. And based on the Kickstarter, I think we're not surprised on that. Not a real year. Yeah, 2023. I can't can't count that far ahead. Uh, But then also the announcement of this uh, Rising. Spinoff, which we didn't have, we didn't get a ton of details about, but it's basically just seems like using what they have built from Aiden Chronicle as like a town building spinoff. I don't really know the details here. Uh, did we get like a press release for further information on Rising or is this trailer all we have? It,
3: we have that short trailer and then it's basically a town building game. It's set before the events of Aiden, but yeah, that's it's like, it's like setting it looks- the stage
1: yeah it looks to play different because it like what the brief clip that you saw looked like a side scrolling uh action rpg it's not like where like a Yuden chronicle looks like uh sort of a more turn-based affair from what they show me we don't, we don't actually we don't actually know like how it's all going to play out but that's what it looked like they're they're making a, a a clear distinction between the two in-game play styles i think question mark I I don't yeah, know we don't really know. And and um. they, they, they they had the official site up uh, like uh, shortly after that gave us like a brief description of what rising is and that's all we really have to work off of, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then uh there's a, a brief like debacle that they uh thankfully got fixed when the official website went up. It only listed the Xbox series and Xbox is the platforms launching, but obviously this had a Kickstarter, it's coming to like a lot of other platforms, so they they seem to have got that sorted. I think they sent out like a like a insider letter. Like I know you, you um, tossed some money into that Kickstarter. Did did, did that? Did you read that?
3: Yeah, they basically said it was kind of like front, and, uh, you know, uh, front and center. That you might be wondering if this game is exclusive to Xbox. No, it's coming to basically all platforms, which is going to be Xbox One or Xbox Series X and PlayStation Five. Uh, maybe xbox one and ps4 i'm not actually sure if they've confirmed that because you know it's going to be a ways away um that'll be really last gen at that point point. and then coming to nintendo as well whether that's switch or next switch it's coming to everything um at this point the question is like will it release on playstation 4 in 2023 or just ps5 it's hard to say have to
4: see the landscape by the future i mean yeah exactly they probably
3: just don't want to like they you know they 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 don't want to like they don't want to make a determination right now either way it's like it just sort of depends on what platforms people are using at at you know in two years yeah Uh, i I
1: think it's also weird because i I, i've also heard like some backlash especially from backers that like they're pissed off that it's coming to xbox game pass (laughs) like come on that's weird well, oh, I I wish, I wish, I once again, I wish, I, I hope, I hope, I wish, I pray that this is a really great game. Yeah, Suikoden is amazing, and
3: original writer, it's got Mari uh, Miriko, or what's her name, Naruke Michiko, Michiko Naruke, uh, who is the actually wild arms composer doing something for it. I hope uh, it's good. I'm really excited. It's two years away.
1: <laughs> Don't say that. It hurts. <laughs> It's also got Motoi Sakuraba on it, too. So. He's hey, to uh, the main composer. <laughs> Thank you, Sakuraba. The, the, there was the, that, those gameplay yeah. preview clips of Arise like a, the, the battle theme mm-hmm. for that banger.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the last time we had an ex-Konami dev uh, do a Kickstarter, it turned out well. So hopefully uh, we can keep that streak going. Mm-hmm. Just hope yeah. it's not from a Capcom dev. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a
0: few, a few more of the smaller announcements that came out of the Xbox showing a uh, new update calling out for Fallout 76. I will let you know if it's any good. Uh, a Steel Rain coming in July. Um, we got this announcement. Cross that the
2: Brian I, Must Bear.
0: <laughs> I enjoy myself in spurts with Fallout 76, but in spurts. Uh, we got an announcement that Hades is coming to Xbox Series, Xbox One, PlayStation Five, and Four uh, in August. Wait, is isn't that also PS4 coming in? to?
2: No, Hades no. on Switch. Oh, I'm PC right now. Yep. Isn't it I'm also so, coming so to Game Pass? Yes, they oh, will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently, it yeah. Apparently, the cross save functionality that's between the PC and the Switch versions won't be available on the uh, home console version. So, no PS4, but... PS5, Xbox. Yeah, oh, well, no uh, cross save PC. <laughs>
0: A few other, since, since you brought up Game Pass, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon slash Yakuza 7 is now on Game Pass. Uh, great game. One of my favorites from last year. Uh, a lot of Bethesda stuff went up on Game Pass. Mostly a lot of classic Fallout uh, plus New Vegas. Uh, we also got an announcement of a follow-up to a Plague's Tale Innocence called a Plague's Tale Requiem. Now, this was a late addition to the document... I did not watch this trailer or know anything about this. It's only announced for Xbox and PC. Like, why is that? Like, who's the developer
1: on this? Oh, oh, oh sorry. Like, I, I. It's also announced for. Is it only announced for Xbox and PC? Oh. I think so. Yeah. I think there's like see. a next gen. Oh 3. no, 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 no. It's
0: got a. It's got a PS5 trailer too. So never Xbox mind. Series. Ignore yes, that. me. <laughs>
1: so it's called the PS5, Xbox Series, Switch, but cloud only. So a cloud version of this game and PC via Steam, and that's coming next year. This is, uh, the, for, for people who don't know this, this is a game of a lot of rats. So, like, a Plague Still yes. Innocent. Like, the uh, the whole, like, uh, gameplay thing around it is, like, there's, like, these areas, there's a lot of rats, don't go there, you know? Type of type. I, I, when I, we, mean,
3: I when we when you mean a lot of rats, mean, it's literally like a tidal wave of rats. Yes. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say, maybe it was a fever dream, maybe I'm just misremembering it, but I am pretty damn sure that there was a literal tornado of rats in that trailer.
1: <laughs> it's really funny, because I, I think it, it was either uh me and brian or me and adam when that trailer first started and i've seen this in, the, in a couple of other outlets when that trailer first started it looked like baldur's gate 3 at first because it's like the, it looked like the debut trailer of that like at for like the first few frames and it's like what is this and then all of a sudden there's like a huge tidal wave of rats just flowing through that narrow street it's like oh god this is awful what the hell And it's like oh there it is it's uh sequel to plague's tale i i'm Really great stuff to uh, the developer Asomo Studio and the uh, publisher Focus Home Interactive. That seems to have really done well for them. Uh, good stuff. So, be... Sale is
3: one of the games that it's not you know it's not really an RPG because it's more like an adventure game. But we actually did review the original uh, on our site, so it's like you know we might branch out, try it out when it releases. How was the first one? It was one of those. It was like I heard good things, but I. People really liked it. It. it was a oh, dark hit,
2: uh, when, upon release. Awesome. I don't know what you're saying, uh, Adam. Obviously, this is an RPG, a rat purging game. That was
0: announced coming next year. Also, will be on Game Pass day one. Then we move on to one of the ones that we're always excited about for good reason every year. Uh, at least in the years they've, since they've been doing it, the Square Enix E3 Presents Showcase. Well, before before,
1: before, before go, we go there, mm-hmm. just a brief... Did brief I miss concept. one? Yeah, Diablo 2 Resurrected is coming September 23rd. That's all that was going oh. announced. But yeah, we oh. got a release date on that. It's the day after my birthday! Hell yeah.
6: Also, uh, my birthday, not literally, but Psychonauts 2 got a release date. Aren't we all excited for that? 25th, right? Yeah.
5: Yeah, that's so
6: yeah, it's not actually my birthday then, but like yeah. the idea of this game coming out on any day is like a birthday to me. <laughs> yeah. Your second that's birthday. Exactly
1: right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess the the big takeaway from the Xbox Bethesda conference is like, if you're on Game Pass, you're fucking winning. <laughs> you yeah. yeah, like holy shit. the The only three games that didn't have a Game Pass announced day one Game Pass announcement uh there was obviously Battlefield Four, Diablo 2 Resurrected, and Far Cry, and everything else. You can't game pass.
0: So now we'll move on to Square Enix. We had a lot of hype going into this, as we always do. They had like the sh- the show of the show, whatever you want to call it, either last year or the year before, with the big announcement of like uh, when they announced like Tifa for Final Fantasy 7 Remake and a whole bunch of other stuff. And this show might have been a little bit different. I don't even know what to start with. Maybe let's just start with the same thing they started with, which was the long rumored and speculated and finally unveiled Guardians of the Galaxy project. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy releasing for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC, everything. And the classic version. Oh, and, and, a Cloud and Switch Nintendo version. Switch. Switch. Yeah, oh, so. Yeah. Uh, coming um, out October 26th, we got a long, long look at Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: Yeah, it looks it looks like it would be fun, but God, they really didn't need to spend so long on it. They okay, really didn't.
1: Well, let's uh, let's get this out of the way before we be go to this. So one, because uh, because I, I know a lot of people are gonna have questions. This is. S- single-player only. There's not a live service game, there's not a multiplayer game, there's no online mode, and then they're also touting that there's also going to be no DLC and no microtransactions in the game. So there's just single-player, and uh, it's a... It, you're only controlling one of the Guardians, it's Star-Lord, um, and then how this manifests in gameplay is, obviously, you're uh, moving around with Star-Lord shooting his dual guns, but you can like uh, use, like, or like i guess either order or like interact with the other guardians to like use their abilities mid-combat too but in there's a like movement and who's actually doing the thing you're only playing star lord uh in this game um they taught they that uh one of the big features is like there's a lot of obviously character moments and character interactions in this game and since you're the leader it kind of has uh this whole telltale effect in this game like one of the brief moments in the gameplay trailer that they showed off at e3 was oh we need to get over to this other platform in this planet that we're on um what should we do should we throw a rocket raccoon over there or find another way that doesn't involve throwing him so they decided hey hey groot or was it drax go throw him over. Drax, yeah, yeah to, to that other platform and then like in telltale fashion when he does it it says like Rocket Raccoon will remember this, or Rocket Raccoon <laughs> at you for doing this, yeah. <laughs> whatnot. So they're taking that model as well. But I, you know what, I, I this this game like it, it's unfortunate because this this lives in a post Avengers Crystal Dynamics world um, because a lot of comparisons are drawn to it, but it's not really going for that at all. I think it has potential. I, I, I I'm not so down about this than a lot of other people. I think I was like, you know what, I, this might be a cool game. This might. Yeah. be
4: a- it looks good. I just feel like there's a lot of goodwill that went down the drain from the Marvel Avengers game. So people might be,
1: yeah, they're kind of
4: skeptical That's about true, the game.
1: Right? Because it's not even the same developers. Because this is this idols Montreal, not Crystal Dynamics. I so, know,
4: but people don't look at it that way. You know, the yeah. casual person will be just like, oh. They, they just see place. like,
0: oh, it's that non-MCU Marvel stuff. It's that off-brand Marvel, mm-hmm. off-brand, quote-unquote. <laughs>
2: One
6: <laughs> thing I will say, go, go for it.
2: The one thing that really stood out to me with the Square Enix presentation, and it's just the vibe I got, it could just be entirely wrong, but the impression I get is that for the Western developers at Square Enix, they wanted to have a show where they could focus on them, because like, obviously when we talk about Square Enix, especially in our sphere sphere with uh, RPGs and whatnot, everyone just cares about the Japanese stuff. Like you'll have people say, "Oh yeah, I like Life is Strange," or "Oh yeah, I like Deus Ex." It was a new one, but there are so many developers that work under Square Enix. Like hell, even like Hitman used to be under Square Enix with around, and I guess they did now. It's a mobile game, but and watching this presentation, it feels like there was obviously an emphasis on the Western properties because, well. Otherwise, they don't have a chance to really push them. And I understand that, but it's just like the pacing. If you're going to have anything from the Japanese side, it's just like the pacing is completely off. And the Guardians of the Galaxy taking up so much of the presentation is like the It ended up being like
0: 25 of, of the 40 ish minute runtime or something like that. So, it's pretty big. Uh, I'm going to be like, end.
2: It's um, like maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but it's like I understand completely why it turned out this way, and I I understand those developers, the those people at the Western side of Square. Enix, if that is indeed the case. It's like it makes sense, but the expectations were for something else entirely, and it just yeah, I, I don't know.
5: Yeah, I
6: I like fully agree there in the sense that I think it was too long. Like not for me, I loved it. That like, spoiler alert. Um but like to then move on to something people really want, which we'll get to in a sec, and show like not even a minute of it and not really even show you. five to... seconds of internet. We'll, in we'll
1: get to that in a bit. <laughs> but yeah. I'll just, I'm
6: um it first. But I'm gonna be controversial and say that this is my game in the show. Like I <laughs> and I, I know everyone's like, You learn nothing from Avengers, dumbass. <laughs> and yeah, maybe so, but it looks great. It looks so so cool. Uh and the main reason for that, one, like gameplay looks really fun. Uh, I love all the character choices, like all the player choice moments. Uh, I love the licensed music, which again, I'm saying all this and I like sound super basic. (laughs) Like that's all I need. But yeah, that nails guardians. Uh, And the character interactions and even the character designs, like I just, they've, Done it right, they're all distinct.
1: Like obviously there's tracks and group. I, I, don't, I don't like Star Lord's uh, model. Kind of I city? love
6: it. He looks so co- Like he looks douchey. I love his jacket. Like <laughs> sunset overdrive. An endearing mess. Like, that is Star Lord. Exactly. <laughs> um and like just the voice acting, it's not Nolan North talking to Troy Baker. Like, I don't know who these voice actors are. And I'll be embarrassed if it ends up being one of them, but like they sound distinct from any other Rocket Raccoon I've heard, every other Star Lord I've heard. And I'm I'm just like, I'm so down for this. Uh, and I wasn't expecting to want to play this at all. Like, I was expecting to just be sarcastic and go, yeah, oh, Avengers 2. Uh, can't wait till it comes out in 2024. But, like, it's this year. It looks great. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. This is, like, Gotham Knights got delayed, so what else can I do? It's Guardians. Guardians is
1: this, Year. Is your Gotham Knights of 2021? Yeah, this is my Gotham Knights uh, 2021. On. I
3: have, have two things to say. Go for it. One... Speaking of, like, Western Square Enix and what else they have under their belt, I literally got an email yesterday for from Square Enix. Power Wash Simulator.
2: Yeah! What? Well, yeah. Technically, technically,
3: that's a bit different. That's a Square yeah, Enix, Square Enix collective. collective. But still, it's under them in some weird tangential way. Is, is I feel it like it is? I should like,
2: say, since people probably don't remember what collective is, basically, it's like an indie publishing brand within Square Enix where they'll publish... Uh, These uh, indie developer games under the uh, Square Enix label with uh, Collective—it's kind of similar. Like a bunch of uh, larger companies do this. Like EA does it with like the EA originals. Uh, You see, um, like Hell Private Divisions, basically Take Two's entire spin on it. So yeah, Uh, ID at Xbox. Yeah, yeah. So uh,
1: and 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 I guess the the other thing
2: I was going to say was that
3: like I. and I have two minds of this. One, I feel like I sh- like maybe Square Enix should like take like the uh, the Nintendo Treehouse route, where they like do like an announcement trailer and some gameplay for for Avengers, and then like after the show, do like a deeper, longer dive on it. Like that yeah, way, yeah, it doesn't take up so much time. But also, I also kind of feel like the other the other side of that is that maybe they just really wanted people to like they like, forced them to watch it, like because people would, you know, preconceptions based off Avengers just not want to watch true, the deep yeah. dive. So they just, like, would force, like, maybe, maybe that's intentional. Like, we're going to force this to be a 20-minute, uh, uh, you know, showcase and force people to watch it and hopefully change some minds. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do think there is merit to that treehouse style where it's, like, show a trailer and reveal and then deep dive it, you know, later when people can watch more, like, I don't know what the right word for this is, but like as part of, you know, like an optional event rather than, you know, a stream event. I I have an, obviously.
0: Yeah. So like, I, I think they should definitely have a place where they can platform their Western studios. Uh, so they definitely like, I, like I'm glad that they opened up with this and they really want to like they're proud of it and they want to show it off. It just felt like went just 25 minutes out of 40 and then followed by and I'll, I'll jump ahead to this one. So one of the big projects that people had either speculated or quote unquote leaked or knew that they had prior knowledge of was the announcement of a collective of games from the early Final Fantasy series one through six were somehow going to be packaged together well no that's the thing these are what people like presumed going in Uh, but then they announced the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster series which sounds like gee whiz, Like that's a cool idea. Make these games available to more people. And this kind of follows up on the news from a couple weeks ago where we had noticed that the 3D remakes for 3 and 4 were kind of like relabeled in their uh, mobile catalogs. We're like, ah, we're making space for these maybe. Uh, But the showing, even though this is something that people kind of went in like either teased about or expected or hopeful for, what we ended up with was a 30-second trailer barely kind of going over anything
2: then well, about a five the, uh, second like moment within the trailer that actually had any gameplay whatsoever and it was so like quick that many people didn't even realize that what they were showing in the background was oh this is actually footage of the new pixel remasters for one through five didn't show six yet but you know, it's <laughs> like literally so I'm so inside baseball here we did put out an article like kind of going okay so where are these sprites even from like what's different what's 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 from an older title, what's completely new. There was five seconds for us to work off of. And behind like the scenes, like myself, a bunch of a couple of the ever staff, like Alex, um ha- brought out his like Final Fantasy Dot book, because eventually we found out that the character sprites seemed to be based off of the Final Fantasy Dot artwork. And it just they could have handled this so much better.
1: I guess it's a it's a fair disclosure also that we also don't know because Square Enix released so little info about this that we also don't know if the footage that we got in that trailer, that brief five second trailer, is like final. final. Yeah, we don't yeah. know about that either. So, like that, like uh, James put up a really really great like uh, insight article because he has like the freshest knowledge of the the old Final Fantasies from all of us because he's doing his. He just played <laughs> through <laughs> one
2: through six. Yeah, I just played through.
1: one through six. <laughs> he just did it to yourself. <laughs> Uh, like what did you know
2: (laughs) I like nothing like literally I was just like huh I've only played Final Fantasy 14 16 is coming out this year you know what I'm going to start playing through the numbered Final Fantasies this year and it just so happened that it worked out
1: I I don't think 16 is coming this year at this point if it didn't show it off that's not
2: going to come out this year which is good because I'm I'm behind schedule even if I am like pretty deep into Final Fantasy 11 so that's worth something (laughs) yeah so I mean
1: um, it's glad that these exist hopefully they're a hell of a lot better than previous efforts uh, but it's it just we, it feels so I don't know not not disrespectful but it feels it, like this is their big flagship series final fantasy and they're like eh, all right just throw a 30 second trailer all right we're good and not only that, but it's a 30 second trailer. The last 10
0: seconds of the trailer are just the logos panning. So it's like 20 seconds. And then I, I'm reading Adam's news article on this. And it's just reading the sentence. I'm like laughing about it. You can probably hear it through my voice. You can see quick glimpses of gameplay footage from about 15 seconds to 22 seconds. Like, oh,
2: that's the <laughs> window. It's just like, and so it's so. And it's, even it's, that is being generous. It re- literally is like five seconds. It's yeah. just. Yeah.
1: You're just thrown out, like you know. I
2: do love that. Like,
6: obviously, they handled it really badly, but it's so RPG side that you guys did do that, where you like analyze the pixels and try to match them to like a, like this art book. Like, hearing about that from just watching it on the staff chat, and like then seeing the art, I was like, ah, oh, this this team, like
0: that's so cool, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a couple of details I did not mention that people are also seemingly pretty passionate about. This is coming to Steam and mobile. No console ports, Switch, PlayStation, or Xbox announced sold individually. So, yeah, weird decisions it. there. Jesus yeah. Christ. Also, like no dates.
3: Yeah, and no dates. <laughs> or or top Windows but, or so anything. It does,
2: it does look like that at least one of the gameplay additions we're going to have is there is a mini map, even in Dungeons now, that'll be especially useful for Final Fantasy 2. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, there's a fast-forward button in the upper left, which makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, any... Again, we don't know if this is final. We don't know, like, anything about, like, how things are going to end up. I will say that I think that... Well, it's kind of easy to say, oh, the sprites look fine for Final Fantasy V, because Final Fantasy V was already a simpler, like, art style for the sprites in the first place, so the changes are pretty minimal. But, um... I don't know. I... It's a little disappointing that they're not being done in the style of uh, the PSP versions of one, two, and four, because that means that now it's like okay, there's an argument to be made that there still is no Defender version for one, two, and four. This This kind of reminds
3: me of that. This kind of reminds me of that uh, XKCD meme where it's like uh, we have to make a new unified style for this game. And like, there's already four four different styles. Let's make a new one to unify all of them. And it's like, there's there's now five conflicting styles. styles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: It's Uh, like, good news though for Final Fantasy 3, 5, and 6, which are that, well, for 3, it's good because now people will be able to play a 2D version of it. And hopefully, gameplay changes can actually make that game a good Final Fantasy. Um, For 5, I feel like it's easy to say that 5 this is going to be the definitive version. That's like out of all of them that it, that's the game that I feel the strongest about that it'll be just this will be the best version of 5 to play. It's easy to say that. 6 I'm not sure. Again, sprites aren't final, but looking at the simplified like kind of uh, sprites of that that they did show and we haven't actually seen in-game like footage of that one yet. I'm I'm not sure. Hopefully it turns out well, but
4: yeah, I, I don't know. I just hope they use that for like the world map sprites, and they would probably take like the more you know the more detailed sprites from their other games over.
1: So a kind of, you know, uh, small uh, uh, I, I think my biggest fear of this Pixel remaster is the fat fonts are gonna look like shit.
3: <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a yeah. mobile font for sure. Yeah.
1: And UI. It's
3: hmm. yeah. I I have a couple things to say. Mm-hmm. One, so like just some like notable like trivia about this collection once it releases this will be the first time that final fantasy one and two are available on steam on pc right now those are like the only games in the series that aren't on pc the only mainline obviously in like any form like you can't get them on pc they're on mobile but not pc two james already said this this will be the first time that the 2d version of final fantasy 3 gets an official release in the west in english because um, right now it's just the 3D, 3D version, or the mm-hmm. 3D remake now. Um, f- and then f- the third thing I wanted to say was, like, this will also be the first time that Final Fantasy 4 is available in 2D, like the 2D version of that game, on either mobile or PC. Because only the 3D version is on those platforms. Which is kind of weird to think about, because, like, Final Fantasy 4 is imported a lot. But it's it's not on, that version is not on any modern platform.
2: So... And I the other thing I wanted to mention as was... As much, is, and I just realized this, sorry. I wonder how they're going to handle After Years because both the. Like, you have After Years 3D on Steam, and obviously, Complete Collection on PSP had After Years as well. I'm going to assume this is just base Final Fantasy 4. It's not going to have well, any. Did, did, did
3: After Years get rebranded to say After Years 3D Remake?
2: <laughs> did it?
0: I don't know, let me check. What uh, about Final Fantasy 4 Interlude?
3: The interlude is dumb.
2: I mean, after Yeah.
3: Look,
2: look even, let's let's be honest, even Final Fantasy 4 story is dumb.
4: Yeah. Well, it started pretty good until the end.
3: <laughs> so, um, well, the other thing I wanted to mention is I, we and we had a lot of people like pointing this out as well. Um so these games do look to be like Probably mobile developed games with like a PC port, which Square Enix has done a handful of those. Like you could even argue that like Saga Frontier Remaster almost looks like it's got a mobile-ish UI. Um, but the uh I wanted to point out just the Saga games, the uh, Saga uh Romancing Saga 2 and 3, those games look pretty good in terms of like their pixel style. And there is a few things, like for example, the boss sprites move, and that's a little bit awkward. But otherwise those games look pretty nice and like they seem yeah. uh, they seem pretty respectful of the original pixel style. So it kind of feels that those were made by Art Piazza Piazza. Piazza, how you pronounce it. And like it'd be nice if they kind of had a shot at doing this. It, it is really?
1: so weird that like so- somehow like the like the tables have turned when it comes to like respecting legacy legacy titles where like the saga series is like is like a step above like Final Fantasy when it comes to like revisiting like and remastering older titles in the series. It's so.
2: It's like we have the original three games just like in a collection on Switch, just out there. You've got Romancing Saga 2 and 3 remade on basically every platform under the sun, including the Vita. You've got <laughs> Saga Frontier Remastered literally finishing a 20 year old RPG that like had to be rushed out the door before it was like fully fit- completed. It's just. And then you look at how they're showing off like the pixel remaster for Final Fantasy. It's just okay, here's five seconds of footage. No, we're not gonna say anything. It's only PC and mobile. And they never sent they never sent
0: us screenshots or anything. We literally
2: just had to pull from the YouTube trailer. There are yeah, no and, official
3: screenshots. There are and none. It's,
2: yeah, and like thankfully the the trailer for whatever reason is in 4K so people were able to blow it up and grab some <laughs> pretty decent screenshots that way, but it's like uh
1: all right my 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 theory is my my head is kawazu is sabotaging the inside he's like he's the one he's the one making sure that saga is corner office in the basement like fuck that no one cares about that shit
0: uh so yeah just it's just fun slash frustrating to contrast here's 25 minutes of guardians of the galaxy here's five seconds of final fantasy
6: at least so. I was happy. <laughs> I'm By sorry, the
2: way, I don't uh, know a better place to kind of mention this, but uh, you aren't kind of doing article shout-outs, but I did put out a, a Final Fantasy 5, like, oh, yeah, right. article like yesterday, and I feel like, well, first off, like, for, uh, 4 fiesta is going on right now, so it's, like, good timing. I didn't even realize it was going on when I pushed it's it. Great. It's like, oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> fun.
1: 4 job is always great.
2: Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy 5, as I've said, on numerous occasions, is a ten out of ten RPG, it is underrated, and more people should play it because it's one of the best Final Fantasies.
3: It's top tier for sure. By the way, well, I guess the After Years on mobile was
0: not rebranded, so that means uh, it's not part of the Pixel Collection. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean woo. <laughs> Uh, while we're talking about some feature shoutouts, uh, Alex Donaldson did write a Guardians of the Galaxy focused one basically talking about how it reminded him uh, of Mass Effect because of course that's the angle he would take uh, but he's pretty amped for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. What uh, so, is, oh, is amped just me? <laughs> yeah, there,
1: There's really enough RPG elements that they showed up in Guardians of the Galaxy to justify us taking a look at it. There's leveling up. There's a uh, was there damage numbers I already? Dialogue. Yes, yeah, there was damage uh, the, numbers. Have,
0: have, we, have we come to a consensus that damage floaters are like the top? That's the number one thing we look yes. for. <laughs>
2: look, look, if, if damage numbers gosh, is enough gosh. for us to do stuff for like reviews, then that means I'm going to start writing up a review for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart because it <laughs> right, has do it. The nah,
0: it does, Yeah. <laughs> do it. Just write it up and pitch it to Alex. It'd just be like, you don't
2: want this to go to waste. Just do it. Look, you level up your guns. You level up your main <laughs> character from more HP. Like obviously, that's enough RPG elements, right? Well,
0: yeah. hopefully, uh <laughs> hopefully next week when we're back to normalcy you'll we'll be able to hear about you and I presume George's time with uh, Ratchet and Clink.
6: Heck
0: yeah.
1: I'm not. I'm not ready to do this next part of the Square Enix. Uh, presentation. All right, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, let's keep going on with Square Enix. All right, next one.
1: Oh, Babylon's man. This. Oh. Wait, what is that? Do you uh... not want me to do that next? Oh, we're doing it. Babylon's fall. All uh, right, no, since- I mean. Yeah. Yeah, go, go for it. I, I'm never going to be ready to talk about this game. So,
5: okay. So,
0: so, this is the first time we've seen this game, I believe, since Sony's State of Play two years ago, 2019. It was announced at E3 2018. Obviously, this is the uh, big project from developer Platinum Games. Uh, and we didn't have a lot of details going in about this. This was supposed to be like the big blowout presentation for it. And we got a trailer with a decent amount of gameplay shown for this but huh what do you okay, so think uh, yeah go take new, it away
1: the new news
2: what for i was, think
0: is no let's that's, that's, really that's like take it away
1: sorry yeah yeah the new, the new news for it was it's coming to playstation 5 alongside its uh, previously announced playstation 4 and pc releases they announced that um this is a uh, There's a more multiplayer-focused game. Like you can put a team of three other people uh, in this game. They confirmed that it is a live service game, and uh, near automata that will never end. They're taking like closed beta test signups. I don't know if it's already ended uh, for the sign up period, and uh, and the the trailer (laughs) for it. Whether it was the stream or whether it was the direct feed version, didn't really matter. It looks messy. It did not have
2: a good showing. I, I feel like the prevailing opinion after this trailer, especially after uh, no show for Bayonetta 3 at the Nintendo thing, spoilers, people are really, really worried about the state of Bayonetta 3 now after like seeing Babylon's Fall, and probably for good reason.
6: Uh, I, I wouldn't be... Not, not to skip ahead... I I'm more worried about platinum games. I think like if there's any game that they're probably going to be like, no, nah, this one will be good. It'll be banner free. But like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of concerned about platinum. But uh, anyway, back to I I, mean, that's the thing, to the, I don't
1: know. I don't know if I'm really concerned about platinum games. They know how to like like you know survive. Like even just last I forget it was last year or two years ago they had this whole. Um, event uh, surrounding the celebration had like four like mystery announcements and like one of them like one of the key ones like they had, they had a new studio in I don't know if it was Tokyo oh, yeah. oh I forgot but you know they're really expanding out but it's just just time and time again very like you can point to a lot of different examples of like the project management or the way they handle projects is just so it makes people worried right especially when Mm -hmm. you think about like cygaze kind of booted them off Grand blue relink and people keep saying oh that's that's fine they were they already said they completed their their uh task and then that's why they were like you just don't like just take off their logo from the official website and say oh they're not working on it anymore like that's just that's not normal (laughs) in my opinion but you know it's i was i was hoping you know when we got the announcement trailer like the announcement trailer for babylon's fall i still think i really liked it because they had like a lot of like a big lore on like the world building of that game and like okay this seems interesting then we got like the trailer of like it showing off like gameplay like okay this seems like uh, the, your typical platinum character action RPG like a like, you seem to have like a grappling hook but then in this new trailer it's like it's too chaotic everyone has like floating weapons it feels like it feels like a messier version of NieR Automata but with like four players on screen and like it's just weird
4: godfall man more like a messier version yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's
0: weird because its trailer is mostly gameplay which is normally commendable but uh, i'm trying to put my finger on like why doesn't this seem appealing it's like the camera is too close it looks really stiff like a lot a lot there's like multiple sections where it shows a guy like uh, i think it's just strafing the with his bow and arrow yeah the colors are kind of like muted in this way that i don't think comes across well it just looks kind of ugly it's just nothing and then like when they show like your your team of you and three allies and in this live service game which is kind of like all right now i got to take this under a different context about what this game plays like i'm trying to have my brain fill in the blanks and it just seems like it just seems it just seems ugly go ahead
2: sorry i love the irony where they said they pitched it as a near automata that never ends when literally the very first line in your automata is everything that lives must die Uh, So good. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I just feel like you got more details about this.
1: So, yeah, like, like a story-wise, you're a group of warriors uh, called Sentinels, and then the special equipment behind their backs to have floating weapons are called Gideon Coffins, which is kind of a rad name for it. Um, and but you know, other than that, we don't really know exactly how it'll all shake out. They they're saying that um, it'll have a lot of post-launch game modes that no additional costs because. This live service title through and through. This I don't know what I, I, I don't know what I was expecting at Babylon's fall, but it wasn't this. It definitely. I, I,
3: I, um, I'm, I I have a dumb question. Perhaps is yeah. it common for developers to actually specifically by name call their game a live service game? Yes. Okay. No, I, I like did know.
0: Like,
3: it is <laughs> like I feel like usually they like try to avoid that, but it just came straight out and like, nope, this is live service.
1: And this reminds me of that one presentation. I forgot which presentation it was. It was like, there's a graphical showcase and someone like, it might have been the horizon. I'm not sure, but someone visually said "God rays" in there, and like when they're showing off the graphical oh, God rays. Yeah, yeah
3: really, like, Oh God, you, what was you,
1: that? Yeah, like, yeah. you don't really, you don't really say that out loud. Like everyone knows what it is, but you never really, you don't say that to like the public and expect them to know what that means. You know, like okay. That,
2: yeah, I guess it's like part a of, a of the person now. game. I can't even. I remember feel what it was. like this is really weird to say, but they. You know I'll just outright say it. Obviously, YouTube likes aren't everything, but I can't help but feel like they totally misjudge what people wanted from a Platinum Games follow-up to Nier Automata. Because if you look at Babylon's Falls like trailer on um, the Square Next YouTube, you'll see that the like to dislike ratio is like literally one- there's one thousand likes. 5,200 dislikes. Whoa. I didn't know what that. And, and
0: just weird because, like, in, in a lot of cases, when you see that thing on like, any sort of public online space, there's like some sort of context or something the developer said or some sort of other like external factor. Like, no, this is just like, like a like culture real, war
3: or something. Yeah, or like another, a cultural right?
0: thing or something where it's like there's ex- exclusivity or something that's playing. Here, it's just like what the trailer showcased is not what people we're expecting like it seems like uh, this uh, weird way to put like almost a more pure dissatisfaction it's like you can't just like sidestep it like people didn't like what they saw here generally yeah so
2: i'm looking through all of like even the reposts of the trailer on like uh, playstation and uh ign and GameSpot and like the absolute best it's doing with likes to dislikes is it's like a 40 60 split more yeah. people do not like this footage. They do not like how the game looks.
6: <laughs> Fair. no, I agree. Well,
2: that's
1: like well. the platinum, I guess. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I don't know if this has a release date. Uh, they're doing their 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 beta test in, in phases, but I don't think this actually has a, a firm right. release date. I guess at this point, we just hope that this trailer was a bad showing. Like that's
0: all we can hope for. Yeah. Speaking of trailers that are bad showings, <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> Good segue. So, <laughs> so here's, uh, here's the final major thing from the Square Enix event. Uh, and this is another one that people and insiders had teased uh, going into it. And people had certain expectations. We got the announcement of Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, a game from Team Ninja where you play as Jack in the world of Final Fantasy 1 so you're gonna find chaos and you're yeah gonna kill. you're gonna you're gonna find chaos you're gonna combat chaos you're gonna eradicate chaos you're gonna defeat chaos no, <laughs> yes. i, a I do kid. have
4: friends that call call me chaos because when you add an s to the end of my name you get chaos oh, yeah right? so
0: his name is chow so you can turn you, chow.
1: you are now chaos <laughs> yeah holy shit I didn't even think about that yeah, this is coming to playstation 5 xbox series ps4 xbox one and pc next year and they uh launched a trial version on PlayStation 5. It was supposed to be playable after the presentation, and it did but come up and people, corrupted. People, and people downloaded yep. it. It was, But then if you tried to launch it from your PS5, it would say, uh, no, this demo is corrupt. It's like, okay. And then the Twitter account's like, uh, yeah, we're working on it. It took them like more than 48 hours to like fix it. Or well, I forgot it was like more than 48 well, no, no, hours. It, it was just it under
2: 48 hours. Okay. I think it was like around like 36
4: ish something well, like what that. Can i say the demo caused chaos yep so
1: yeah i mean this is uh james and i played the the demo ps5 demo version of it uh, uh brian and adam watched me play do my playthrough of it so we kind of do have a good understanding of what this game is like from that demo it is definitely a uh, neo final fantasy version it is it's the gameplay is almost exactly like neo and neo
0: obviously being team team ninja's big action game from the last couple of years neo 2 was my favorite game of last year so i'm immediately like when that comparison is is evoked here i'm like oh this
1: game is somewhat like neo <laughs> like uh tell me more yeah i i i really liked what i played of it in that in that demo version i i try to remember the other two party members you have jack who's the main playable character. Um Jed. I forgot Jed and was it Ash? Ash or
5: Jade?
2: Yes, I think okay. it was Ash.
1: Okay. Yeah, wow. must be pretty forgettable. <laughs> Your party members kind of suck <laughs> to, to be honest. They're kind of they kind of do nothing. The, the the really cool things that really distinguish this from Neo so there's a, a third person uh hack and slash type of game very fast paced like Neo. The the main things that really separate it is you can change job classes. When you pick up the appropriate weapon from that demo so throughout that demo you start off with a great sword so you're like this uh warrior class or knight class and they all have like their own distinct uh, skill tree so the more you use them the more job level ups you get and then so that you can uh, increase your attack power new moves uh and whatnot and then throughout that demo like you pick up like a mace and then you unlock the the mage class so you can uh, instantly switch to the mace and then that'll uh, turn you from a warrior to uh, a mage instantly in combat. It, it even it even has like a, a system mechanic in the game when you're, uh, when you complete like a combo or mid combo, you can uh, do a, a job stance or a job change in mid combo, and it's kind of like stance switching in Neo, uh, similar to that. I was yeah. getting Final Fantasy fourteen vibes where you
4: switch a weapon, you become a different class. I don't know.
1: Well, I, I, this doesn't play like FF14 is not an MMO. It doesn't, not like, I know, but I'm just thinking like about that. Yeah, yeah. And then you also get like a, a spear, and then you ha- you unlock the dragoon class there too. And, and lo- like in Neo, uh, there's a loot system in the game. A lot of equipment drops uh, of, of varying uh, levels and stat buffs, and then uh, some of the some equipment might be better suited to another class uh, and whatnot. So when you when you job switch. In that game, it it converts it to uh, all your equipment to that to that job. So when you go to the main menu, there are separate like equipment slots for like warrior and mage. So when you switch between the mid combat, you equip those sets on the fly as well, which is really cool. Uh, I, I was quite impressed when I, when I played at the demo. Um, there there were a lot of interviews that came out. Uh, Nomura is on this project, and uh, obviously one of, one of the big quotes from that. Um, Interview that I was being passed around is like uh, Namura really wanted to convey you know the story of an angry uh man in it. <laughs> you know uh, jack, jack Jack does a good, good job filling out that role and whatnot, but uh, I'm kind of curious, like uh, hearing more what what did, what did you think, James, because you, you're the uh, other one who did a hands- on with it
2: um I think just saying that it's um almost identical to Neo is maybe selling it even a little bit short. Because obviously there's a lot that's even outright like taken from Neo. Like if you look at the goblins and you've played Neo 2, it's like, oh, that's just using the same exact animations from Gaki's.
5: Mm-hmm. Or if
2: or if you look at like the very first moment in the game when you start the tutorial and it's like, okay, um, I need to interact with this thing on the ground. Oh, the animation for the thing popping into my character is basically the exact same as Neo 2. Um that sort of thing. But the combat itself is close enough to neo while also having its own flair and i just really enjoyed it yeah go go for it like especially the way that the black mage works it's just really really interesting like how you can do the different magic uh, spells and like charge it up and how it has different uh, like impacts on um the way the spell behaves I find it really especially fascinating how much, like, those elemental resistances and weaknesses, like, can help you out. Like, I didn't even realize it until, like, after I'd already fin- beat the final boss of the demo. But, like, when he buffs himself with his fire and ice things, if he use like, water spells when he's in- on fire or fire spells when he's using ice, it, like, just takes him out of that phase change immediately and it's like, oh, wow, that's something.
1: Yeah, it's it's really cool that the how they handled like the magic system in this uh, game works because like aside from your HP, there's like these two like MP like bars underneath it and you can actually expand that maximum MP amount by like doing special finishers in combat or there's like this soul shield mechanic where you like you're inherently a blue mage where in the sense that like there will be like a uh, purple titled or named attacks coming at you, say, like a fireball. If if you like uh t- throw out that soul shield uh to absorb that fireball, you can actually like store that with you. So that's like your temporary like s- like immediate spell that you can do. So you can throw back fireballs that you absorb through that soul shield. And like when you absorb attacks from soul shield as well, you increase that MP uh maximum MP amount. So there's kind of like st- like a some resource management as well, and when you die, you like get res- reset back to those two MP bars. So that's like the only thing that's like that's the only penalty. So how this works out in action, especially like when you're the uh, like the mage class, the black mage class, is like since at the moment with the the current build, a very very early pre-alpha current build that we have uh, playable till the 26th, I think, for PS5. So it's a it's a it's a time limited demo, and then they'll cut off access after that. Um the the black mage um how you cast spells is like you channel them so you start like casting them but you have to stay in place, but then all, a circular bar will fill. And the more this bar fills, the the higher tier spells will go. So let's say you're casting a fireball spell. Uh if that if that uh circular bar gets to halfway, it'll turn to Fira. And if it go, goes all the way, it turns to Faraga, and it you and it's still it still only costs one MP bar. So you're really um rewarded for like if you're able to find a safe spot to like just channel a spell for like two seconds and fire off that spell then like you're good to go and i really like the way that the magic system works because it feels weird at first but it it, it all clicks once you start messing around with it and as uh james mentioned like there's a lot of environmental interactions not just with the boss itself but like say there are enemies that are like in this grassy field if you uh, cast like a fire spell or like a big spell like Faraga, it'll set everything ablaze and all those enemies are getting roasted. Or like when you when you do that soul shield spell, there are like some bombs in the demo that throw fire at you. If you throw fire back at them, you can actually accelerate um, their self-destruct process. So you, you're actually using the bombs against them to activate it. it's like remote bombs in, in the middle of enemies. And that's that's really cool. That's a that's a nice, like, that's such a, a Final Fantasy take on the, uh, where you would take this. The main takeaway that I've seen from both you and
0: James playing it is like, man, this game is actually like surprisingly fun. Like the the trailer was like memed to oblivion and back and like it was a really bad showing, honestly. And I think the English dialogue has a lot to be desired specifically. Well even in a Japanese version it was
4: getting a lot of flag. It's because oh, really? they just kept spamming like the keywords chaos. I do, 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 do they
0: do that in Japanese as well?
4: Yeah, they did that. <laughs> even the Japanese trailers are being
0: memed. So uh but it seems like that that got people interested in a way, in this weird backwards, ironic way, to want to try to demo and then people are actually finding it like engaging and fun and like Like cheesy as hell, but to hell with it. Like, we talk about games that are just allowing themselves to be like silly or whatever. Like, maybe this is one of those in its own way.
1: Yeah. I think, I think an interview, I forget if it was specifically with Nomura on this one, uh, where they're saying, like, you know, this isn't meant to be like a canonical, like, backstory be before what uh, the events before final fantasy what it's like it's like an alternate interpretation of like exploring that but it's not meant to be like a part of the canon type of way it's like you know the story's gonna be is what it is it's, like,
2: it's a it's a uh, it's not be... isekai though
6: it's like, yeah, absolutely it was... isekai it's so easy yeah
2: like i mean we haven't seen it for sure yet but it's like oh they're strangers in this land they're wearing like hot they're wearing like uh just like regular <laughs> regular clothes it's like huh i wonder well, what I, the twist is well
0: actually one uh one interview that uh alex actually put up uh from nomura this is a translated interview from famitsu magazine saying that the initial outfit for jack and his allies are a hint to show that they are not of this world so if you're wondering why that's, he looks that's, like, outright,
2: that's a confirmation <laughs> basically.
0: <laughs> because uh, it's kind of silly because people like bagged uh, the uh, trailer for having him like dressed in a button up t-shirt or whatever but then like the first the first outfit that you get is like
1: belts and zippers glow like ah that's yeah, that's uh, a like, number
0: it, I love though I love.
1: Within five minutes of that trailer I went from like that default outfit to like having 12 belts on my dude. Like, All it
0: tells us is that whoever put that trailer together obviously defeated Chaos in the default gear like the God yeah, Gamer right there <laughs> so <laughs>
5: it's
1: uh sure uh, you know I'll, I'll check it out then when it comes out next year that that's I, I liked what i played
0: it's i don't know this is this immediately went from a game like this is garbage to
1: wow this is interesting to like i want to hear more it's just what I guess a weird see why trajectory I, I guess why a lot of fans don't like it because it's like it's very like tonally it's very not final fantasy you know no it it's isn't. very <laughs> so weird omissions
0: I, oh sorry go ahead adam all
3: I was gonna say was like, I kind of I, when when Neo Two was coming out on PC, I kind of just decided on a whim to play Neo in preparation for Neo Two. I haven't actually played any Souls games, so I was just like, I know this is supposed to be Souls ish, but maybe I'll like it, and I did. I liked it a lot, and I, it's like now I get to play a Final Fantasy that is, you know, at least reminiscent of that in some ways. I'm really I'm really excited for it. I do believe, also in an interview, I think this was Namura as well. Like they acknowledge that, like you know, not all Final Fantasy fans are going to be like into the Souls like Neo-ish stuff. So it's it's not going to be that, uh, especially the original Neo. It's not going to be that intense, I imagine. Or there'll be there'll be ways that you know a more I, I, I hate to say more casual, but like someone who's hasn't who's not really into that Souls-like genre
0: will be able to enjoy this. They're aware so two notable omissions from the square Enix presents were no final fantasy 16 and no Forspoken. the running th- theory is that they are tied up in sony marketing deals because they're going to be console exclusive at least in the short term so we might see those at some sort of sony state of play summer event
1: at some point but also no, no new thing on Neo. The world ends with you. They, they all, all of them got like like yeah, that. Second clips that like a montage clip, but they were all old footage.
3: It's sort of surprising because that's like a month out. You would think they would at least even just take the opportunity just to advertise it. Like, hey, we have literally like hundred thousand or more viewers. We should at least well, you know you, you had enough. Obviously, to they only had
2: enough time budget for yeah. one Namura uh,
5: well,
4: game. Well, from what I heard from a friend, this thing is whole put, like, last minute. They're really behind schedule because of COVID, and everything was just, you know, just really behind. So, I know it's, like, they got a lot of flack from the showing, but, you know, I guess people have lives, you know? It's, like, it's just a video game. There's no reason well, to get up to it.
0: I, it's kind of weird, because people say, like, this. I saw some people, like, comparing, like, this is the worst E3 showcase ever, comparing it to, like, Nintendo 08 and Konami 09, or whatever it was, Uh, and it's just, like, First of all, it is silly and fun to rank E3 showings. I admit, but like this is also the year where we get Neo: The World Ends with You and Nier, Replicant Remaster and Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Like this is still a very strong year for Square Enix. It's just a bad showing for an E3 presentation. Partially might be due to publishing deals, meaning that they can't show 16 or Forsaken. Presumably, we don't know for sure. But and hey, Guardians looks like amazing. I like how <laughs> okay, you moment. have to get that last <laughs> word in. Like, actually, Guardians looks dope, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might just play Guardians just so I can, like. The peace yes. Yeah. You you'll play the one uh, that I, I single wanna, player no co- would play Marvel's ground.
6: Avengers with me.
0: I, I want to find some common ground with George. Just I'll play Guardians. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So we can so we can go back and forth on the.
1: George, uh, we Avengers. already have a
4: common ground. We play Guilty Gear Strive.
1: <laughs> George, are you an influencer? I haven't
6: player? played Strive much yet. Oh well, By next week, we'll be we'll be a uh, heaven or helling it. Do you have
0: a uh, Do you have a cable have a PC, a PC
2: version. Just uh, not a PC version?
0: No, and no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, George, I'm going to ask you something, and I want to see your reaction to see if you have actually been playing Guilty Gear. Oh, oh, god! Oh, oh
3: nightkeeping. No. Do what? <laughs> <laughs> there he is. <laughs> it's like no, no. You, you,
4: you a fake failed
2: man. the test. Uh oh! Die to dolphins.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, you mean May?
1: I get it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I kind of get it. Why does, large, why,
6: right? why
0: does this podcast just become bullied, George? It's bully, George? Let's bully. Let's Adam for once in our lives. Wait,
2: what did Dude. I do? <laughs> <laughs> I come to you, you play, play,
5: play.
2: <laughs> I just feel like we so all Adam. Always how do you, you feel about Adam? How do you feel about the fact you're going to have to juggle between shimagami Tensei Five and Labyrinth of Yomi come the fall?
0: Oh well, Mark. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. 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 Brothers. All right, let's, all right let's move on. Okay, move okay, on, okay. All right, some final Square Enix things. Uh, they did show a trailer for the opening movie of um, Legend of Mana HD, which is obviously coming out very shortly. Pretty excited for that. Uh, we also did get, here's here's for you, George, uh, Marvel's Avengers, War for Wakanda. Expansion for Marvel is launching in August. <laughs>
6: <laughs> to, okay, to be fair, it was an okay trailer uh and i i have like, said this every time and i did eventually go back and play the hawkeye stuff but like black panther is one that i was actually like yeah i will play this and i want to play this um see how i feel when they actually release it
0: but it looks okay just for you yeah. all right so we will move on from the jam-packed square enix showcase to the pc gaming show which last year we had a few surprises here this is where uh Persona 4 Golden was announced as a surprise quick pc launch so people had hoped for maybe persona three maybe persona five sega's gonna be there uh no none of that happened um, they showed off a trailer for humankind uh but we did get a few uh jrpg announced or a, a few jrpg inspired announcements here uh we got an announcement for an indie title that I there's a been first of all there's been a lot of indie titles that have been showcased through various places throughout the last two weeks we can't talk about all of them we just don't have the bandwidth this one was one I think, was a highlight um this is sacrifier from developer pixelated milk yes pixelated milk ignore how dumb, <laughs> that, uh, ignore how dumb that name is uh this is yeah. a J- jrpg inspired game from a french developer is that right adam polish polish damn it <laughs> polish uh called sacrifier releasing on playstation 5 PlayStation 4, xbox series Xbox one nintendo switch and pc everything uh They've launched a Kickstarter campaign, which is looks like as of this moment, it's almost nearing its pledge amount with 24 days ago. So on track to meet that. Uh, this was announced at the PC Gaming Show. Uh, well, it's it had its big kickoff trailer at the PC Gaming Show. It looks very much like kind of what and Chronicles is, where it's like we're taking a game from what we loved growing up and we're going to make it ourselves. Now that fewer and fewer of these are being developed by their original creators. So uh, it almost looks like Sweeken inspired or golden sun inspired. So this is just a really fun trailer, almost kind of like that other Kickstarter that just kicked off last year, uh sea of stars. Uh, so yeah. it's just kind of cool to see like, here's another project where, these people grew up loving these games, so you know that that these games are being developed like from the heart. Really nice trailer. If you haven't watched the the just a minute Kickstarter trailer for Sacrifier, you should look at it. I think it looks really neat. I think it looks really cool. Adam put up a news post for some of the things they're shooting for with some of the features of this game. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of got like that HD two D sort of look. Obviously, it's not that engine, not the Octopath engine, but it's kind of got like that sort of stylistic flavor to it.
1: So. I don't know. Really cool showing. Oh, Path really had made ripples, huh? <laughs> After it came out, this is you see a lot of like these sorts of titles, like uh, going for that HD two D look, if not being developed on that engine already.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, yeah, we, we've we've mentioned this name, but uh, this will have a soundtrack by Matoy Sakuraba. What do you know? So, or at he, least they they, they
3: advertise uh, his name.
0: It, yeah, like, it you, might you never do, know. Like, like they'll just do like two tracks, but yeah, he is his name is attached <laughs> yeah. to the project, so uh this looks really cool uh i don't know I'm, i've i've it's since it's just now being kickstarted this will probably be that sea of stars thing where this is like way way out uh it does say it's coming out next year but that's if it's not even the kickstarter is not even done yet you know what i mean so like you know we've got a 2022 date listed but i'm not i'm not hopeful on that so I, that's the only one that I had listed as the JRPG sort of announcement from the PC gaming show. A few other things that were were like Dodgeball Academia and Mecha Jammer.
1: Yeah, the cool. looks cool. Yeah, the the Dodgeball Academia is uh, being published by Humble Games, developed by Pocket Trap. It's a it's a dodgeball RPG. Uh, looks really fun, lively. Uh, I just wanted to shout that out. That looks really cool. The other one I wanted to shout out was uh mecha jammer uh published by modern wolf developers veil vale not studios the they describe it as a cyberpunk horror crpg uh the, with a i guess it's a real-time tactics with the with turn-based controls whatever that means but it has a really cool look to it those are the really just the two quick indie rpg shoutouts i wanted to do because they, they they stuck out to me and i'm like that's pretty cool i don't know i don't know where this was also but the death trash uh really stuck out to me too it, it's like an isometric pixel it kind of looks like older fallout games but yeah, it a does. Really... i was actually gonna say it looks looks like fallout one or two mm-hmm. yeah
0: so after the pc gaming show we move on to the future game show and the future games show didn't have a lot to talk about for our sites purview. But it did have uh, XSEED Games was there. So a lot of what we're going basic, to basically all of what I have listed here, came out of their presence at the Future Games show. Uh, first of all, we talked about this at the last time we had the podcast. Uh, Chow had imported Rune Factory 5 from its uh, Japanese release earlier this month. It has been delayed for its Western release until 2022. No date, just early 2022. So uh, we did get a new English trailer for Rune Factory 5. We did also learn that Rune Factory 4 Special will be ported to PC, Xbox, and PS4. It was originally just on a Switch and then 3DS for the original version, so.
1: Oh, that a lot of people really like Rune Factory 4 Special, so um
4: I I can vouch for that, you know, Rune Factory is a great franchise. Maybe this is the perfect spot to hop in, Josh.
1: I, yeah I, hey you know what now that it's available to more platforms that'll probably perform a lot better you know i'll i'll, I'll do it is this is this oh. the first time it's been on pc i think so
0: yeah
4: it is actually no, that's um, kind of cool the sales for this series is kind of kind of hilarious though it's like as soon as they added the female protagonist for for sales literally like doubled because of it right so <laughs> and now we got new platforms and it's like well it's like
1: we'll, we'll see where it goes yeah hopefully it does well like hopefully this will be like the big like this is where the Rune Factory really expands its audience. Hopefully they market it well and whatnot. That's exciting. Did they give it a date for uh, the the ports? Uh,
4: uh, late this year. Uh, no dates, I don't think.
1: Uh, let me see. Uh, it's a ton
0: of dates. because. <laughs> All right, let me just read this out. Rune Factory 4, original release for 3DS in 2012, 2013 in North America, 2014 in Europe, special released in 2019, and then the ports... Released for the Switch on the twentieth uh, February twenty twenty. That's a lot of dates. Coming fall twenty twenty one. There you go. That's the answer you're looking for. So just this fall, at some point, this holiday season, it'll show up on all the other uh, all the other platforms and PC. And then also, while Exeed was present at the Future game Show, Story of Seasons: Friends of Mineral Town. This is the Harvest Moon game. Harvest Moon, in air quotes. Well, not even in quotes. It's it's the Harvest Moon developed game, uh, which I released last year, will release for PlayStation Four, Xbox Series, and Xbox One later this
2: year. Yeah, that's all. Well, I mean, not PlayStation Five is PlayStation Four. I think
1: it's it's uh, obviously by default it's going to be playable on PlayStation Five via the PS Four backwards. Another but considering,
2: yeah, considering how the game is I guarantee it will be like native working on PS4 Pro so you won't really get much from a PS5 version So
1: the only reason it's listed down for Xbox series specifically is because at the end of that trailer those are the logos, Playstation 4 Xbox Series and Xbox One at mm-hmm. the end of that trailer was, yeah. so you'll be able to yeah. play Room Factory 4 or Story of Seasons
0: on most consoles this fall just Story of Seasons not listed for PC So this was, at this point, we're like l- early last week or early this previous week, late last weekend. So between that slew of events on Sunday into Monday, there was a few like independent announcements that were made like alongside these different publishing or other platform showcases, uh, but independent from any of them. The first of which was something that I know James is going to want to talk about at length from cyberconnect Connect Yeah. 2. Yeah, so this is a game that we've known about for a while that has been kind of dormant for the last couple of years. This is Fuga, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Fuga Memories of Steel. So it is launching for PlayStation well, 5. Melodies of Steel. Oh, damn it. Fuga <laughs> Melodies of Steel. Fuga Melodies of Steel. Releasing for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC in July. So not that far away. So... I will, I will allow James to talk about this one because we, we, he has been waiting for this one for a while.
2: For a very specific type of uh, CyberConnect2 fan, this is a big deal because um, they have this well series called Little Tail Bronx that has been around since the PlayStation 1 with Tail Concerto. And it seems like it's doomed to take literal decade-long breaks between games because... Uh, Solitarobo Red the Hunter, which was the uh, DS sequel to it. Came out in 2010 and 2011. It was localized, so that was over 10 years between the original game and the sequel. And now we finally we're finally getting the follow up to that. 10 years later, yeah. So it's worldwide simultaneous. Uh, yeah, least. it's crazy. So actually, um, just a shout right before we started uh, recording the podcast, I did put up an interview with the creative director on the project, uh, Yoan Girito, or I, again, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that last name. Um, he's, uh, I think, French-Canadian. He's working at their Fukuoka studio. He's the creative director on the project, so I asked him a couple of questions uh, about the game, the status of the self-publishing, and basically stuff about the studio, because, like, obviously this is... Not just a sequel for a series that people have been waiting for, even if it's niche as hell, but it's the first self-published title that CyberConnect2 is going to be putting out. And they hope that if this does well, they can, can, they can continue self-publishing. Because um, it might be it might be easy to forget, but when this was announced, it was part of a trilogy of self-published projects that they wanted to do in this self-titled like, trilogy of vengeance. So... Very big, uh, very big uh, announcement for CyberConnect2 as a studio, because again, if this does well, that means that they can kind of separate themselves from the uh, licensed anime game pit and really start like pushing more titles that they want to do that they don't have to go to a publisher for. So it's like I I hope it does well. The game itself looks great. Yeah, I played at Anime Expo two years ago and it was great then. Lots of changes, but I'm still really pumped for it and it's uh yeah
1: yeah they're, 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 they're kind of like in a similar situation the that platinum games was in when platinum games was kind of uh, confined to like license uh putting out licensed games here they're like legend of quora teenage Mutant ninja turtles and that whole thing i really i really am like rooting for cyber connect to to really knock this one out of the park like the trailer that they released looks really really good like you know i'm very impressed with what they've done in this game it looks very polished um i'm it, it looks it might be very tragic it looks it's looking to be very tragic but i'm I, i'm rooting for them you know i really want i'm going to pick up this game i'm going to play it and hopefully enjoy it uh and i mean
2: literally yeah. no excuse not to give it a shot if you're listening to this because it is literally going to be on a con- on a platform that you own it's going to, it's worldwide simultaneous it's localized I mean, in english french italian Spanish and both traditional and simplified Chinese with uh, German and Korean localizations coming later. That's also something I got information about in the interview. But it's like the game itself is. It's such a. It's, it's such an a, RPG. It's an RPG, but it's fascinating in the sense that the way that combat works is that you're in this tank called the Tarringness or tar, uh, something like that. And. You have three different guns, and you have to assign different uh, NPCs to each gun, which gives them different attributes. And it's like sort of a rock-paper-scissors dynamic with, oh, some, um, certain guns are effective against certain enemies. And it's, if, if you want to hear about how the gameplay works, again, it's a bit outdated. I did have hands-on with it at AMA Expo, again, two years ago. A lot of things have changed. Back when I played it, it was supposed to be a roguelike experience. That's no longer the case. It's just a regular RPG, which is for some people that'll be great. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. But I, it, again, I agree. It looks fantastic. The art style is great. They've got Leanne back for the opening theme, which you can hear in the trailer. It looks. It sounds amazing. Cyber Connect Who's always had like a great sound team. with I'm just really excited for this.
1: Yeah, I I think I think you and I, when we saw it at Anime Expo two to three years ago, like we were just very like uh, dazzled by the way they presented it uh, at that um, one panel. It's like it's a very much a a game, uh, a passion, passion project. project. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I'm like vicariously excited just by hearing how excited you are. Like, should I be excited? These guys are so excited. (laughs) So. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really, yeah, I'm really hoping it's awesome, dude. It's, it's yeah, good stuff. Uh, like, I'm a little over a month away, so kind of, like, it comes back after being dormant for a few years yes. saying, like, here you are I'm next I'm so month.
2: excited for it, but the one thing is that it's just... I'm glad it's coming so soon, but man, they probably chose the worst possible time to release it. Like, uh. July 29th, like, right around, like, July is a war zone for JRPGs. You've got... and And... JRPG adjacent stuff because you got Chris Tales, you got Ace Attorney Chronicles, you got Monster Hunter Stories 2, you've got the Switch and PC ports for East 9, you got the Switch port for like Silver Case, you've got Neo, yeah, The World Ends With You Neo. It's just like, oh
6: yeah, that one, yeah, not Neo, like other Neo, Neo, like just so many games coming out next
2: month. It's just, I'm so glad it's coming soon. And it's a good thing it's coming out on all these platforms because that means that it will have a broader reach. But it's like, man, if it's good, I am just going to... You're not going to hear me shut up about this for the next two months. (laughs)
0: Looking forward to it. Another announcement that kind of showed up early in the week, independent of any other event, was the announcement and shadow drop of a Fire Emblem-like... Fire Emblem-like... This is Freedom Games have announced and released Dark Deity, a strategy RPG on Steam, available on Steam, which is very heavily Fire Emblem inspired, developed by developers Sword and Axe. Very fitting. So this kind of came out of nowhere for me. I don't know if this had shown up like on a Kickstarter or Indiegogo at some point earlier or whatever. To me, like I, I Fire Emblem is one of my favorite series and... I really want to get to this one. I haven't bought it just yet, but it is available now, basically. So this kind of came out of nowhere that evening. Uh, and it looks like there's been some Fire Emblem likes that look like really like cheaply or shoddily made or they just don't like sell me on their art style or whatever. Where this looks like it's very evoking specifically like the GBA gameplay art with like the sprite work and things like that. So, hey, that's kind of feels like, feels like a theme of this podcast because we've seen it for uh Aiden and we've seen it for Sacrifier now we're kind of seeing it again for this Dark Deity so I don't know really cool available now you can already get it on Steam it has a launch discount of nineteen ninety nine or $20 USD instead of $25 but
1: I don't know looks really neat yeah I want to get around to it too when I saw the trailer for like oh this is like the, the, the thing that stuck out to me oh, one maybe. interesting
3: thing about this game is that the main person behind it he's young he's like 23 years old so, like, five years older than George. And... knew <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, coming.
6: <laughs> <laughs> so did I. My ears perked up. I went, yep, here it goes. I'm Oh, that's um, me. I'm young. You know,
3: I'm sorry. I really am. But anyways, <laughs> he actually... there. Uh, Silicon Era did an interview. Silicon Era did an interview. And, like, a 23-year-old... Like, the GBA games came out... How long ago? Like, when this guy, like... 2003 was, like, for... An infant. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Or, like, a toddler. So... Like, he, he personally doesn't have, like, nostalgia for those games in terms of, uh, like, it's not like there were games he played when at release when he was growing up. But he said in his interview, basically, that, you know, he just really liked the art style and that, you know, they don't make games with that sort of art style anymore. Um, so I'm curious,
0: like, how well it's going to evoke those like because that, you could, that style of game just because he was so young but it looks like really faithful to the art style there's, there's sometimes where it looks like a cheap mobile knockoff or whatever uh, and you could argue like that the portrait art is a little bit different it doesn't quite have that same style i forget who did the portrait art for for the DBA Fire Emblem games uh but like the, the, the just the sprite work in battle which this this trailer that we have up on our website shows off just like really like looks like it, this could have been a DS, what the DS Fire Emblem games could have looked like, I feel like. So, and there's some really interesting ideas on here where it shows like a, a mage caster riding a flying carpet or things like that. So it's not just like diet Fire Emblem. Like it seems like it has some interesting ideas put into place here and like some different races other than humans. So, in fact, I might just like go to Steam and just put this in my cart. It's <laughs> like I keep putting it off, and I'm like, I, I, "This is something I think I really." <laughs> You're gonna to
1: forget or. for sure if you do. You oh, well, don't I,
0: I need I need to peel myself away from Fantasy Star New Genesis. <laughs> Play something else. So maybe this is maybe this is what uh, will, will break me out of that. It'd be cool to have some like real impressions from this game and see like is it actually good or does it just look really nice? Because it looks really nice. We can tell you that much. And then finally. This, last, this announcement, we were expecting to show up at E3 because we actually got like the press information early, but we didn't know where it would show up, and it turns out it didn't really show up anywhere. It was just kind of announced, and I'm talking about THK Nordique and Piranha Bytes announcing Elex 2 for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series and 1, and PC. So Elex 2, uh, made by the same developers as Elex and Gothic, we had already known was in development from like internal documentation from piranha Bytes. it was never formally announced anywhere but they, they had been they had hired people to work on it as early as like two or three years ago this was like a known quantity but we didn't know when it would show up they released a reveal trailer for it along with some screenshots and i'm kind of of two minds of it like i liked elex a little bit i reviewed it for the site i think i scored it like a seven like it's very uneven it's like the absolute pinnacle of euro which we say endearingly most of the time but it was one of those games where it's like it has some really awesome quest structure some really awesome like dialogue and world interactions but some very at least in my opinion terrible gameplay like it was not fun to play uh but it was one of those things where it's like if they had a time if they had a chance to iterate on it i'm really could be excited about it so the fact that Elex 2 was announced made me personally really excited. Except for the fact that this trailer is dog shit. Like, it is a terrible yeah. trailer. It is, it is like, a trailer out of 2008. It's got, like, metal. I don't know if that's... Is it, is it metal or is it too shitty to be considered metal? I don't know. But, like, very God, shitty, well. like, rock music. Uh, I don't mock rock and metal. Be, be pedantic all you want. But it's got very shitty music, whatever, you, whatever your styling is. Played over, like, this cinematic trailer that's just, like, meant to be, like cool and edgy just to like the nth degree. And I'm just like, it did not maybe it's just my taste or something, but it did not sell me at all. But you've got this bald protagonist from the PlayStation 3 era, like slicing through enemies under the different like factions that are in this game. Like one of them is like future tech and one of them's like uh roguish and one of them I think is like more like barbarians or spellcasters. And it's just bad. Just the tra- it's a bad trailer. I'm glad the game is announced. I'm excited for it. I feel like it could have some really cool parts to it. It's just this is a terrible trailer. Just Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> Did I just deflate the room,
0: Elex two? Is <laughs> I mean the,
1: the 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 only the only time I ever interacted with Elex was like a uh, I took up a meeting at E three meeting of the first one. I'm like, yep, that's definitely a Eurojack game. That's uh, you're, you're like you're talking like tally, like you know you can do this 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 you can probably do everything. Easy. I was like, all right, dude, yeah, rock on. So that's, uh, that's my only thing with elix it's like i i don't really know much about it outside of that one meeting so elix two at a or sorry elix
0: one at a very high level it reminds me of fallout new Vegas, specifically in terms of quest design where you have a wide world with different players interacting on the world factions you might call it where like certain people are vying for power and you eventually have to like determine an allegiance and it's not like this game where it's just like the game is actually punishing in a sense where like if you partner up with the future faction you can no longer like you're, you do you can no longer be amicable with the other people of the world like, you, you have
1: to sit you have to pick side there's like no new neutral there is no
0: like golden mean where you're just like if you do this everyone loves you and you're just the hero of everyone like that's not allowed It's one of those things where, like, if you do something, there are consequences in terms of people will hate you for it. People will have different philosophical differences. And that's the thing about Elex that I really liked. And the trailer does show that a little bit. It shows, like, a key NPC from presumably three new factions where, like there might be certain ways you can kind of like weave your way through a story where you like ally with one or you pretend to ally with another. Obviously this is a really hard thing to like speculate about where exactly like what the quest design is, but that's the thing that like, I hope that they end up doing that well, but this trailer is just bad.
1: So oh, like 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 for since you have like the most experience with Elex 1 out of any one of us here like what are like two or three things you you hope that like Elex 2 really nails or like what should be the focus of it
0: they really have to nail how the jetpack feels to use both in exploration and combat cuz that was a big like factor of Elex 1 but it a like i remember Elex it's been a while since i played it so my memory is not perfect but i remember like the jetpack felt like really gimmicky like you couldn't use it for very long uh it wasn't ever useful to use in combat there are certain areas where it's like i remember i remember at one point in elix one where you get like a a ship you get like a i forget if it's like a spaceship or if it's just an aerial craft and like it's the game is so janky where like if you engage your jetpack while underneath it you just clip through it you just like fly through the ship nice and, and i'm just like well <laughs> Like I'm okay, like suspending my disbelief in certain places like that, but like I'm like, come on, really? Like you couldn't even like collision implement collision with the ship. No, you're you're <laughs> just doing what 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 Link did in that Breath of the Wild two trailer. Spoilers. Oh, okay, but yeah, it's you're so, doing that. And I remember Elex two. It really felt like uh, my Elex two character. I made like the classic like barbarian type. Like I forget what the faction's called. I feel like people are gonna like call me out and like my memory of elix is not very good but there's like all the elix fans coming out (laughs) yeah all all five of you (laughs) uh but like there's like a faction there's a faction of people that they're like shamanistic and they like believe in the power of nature and they like disavow the use of tech or whatever and that's the people i allied with so when i was in the tech area the people that had all the future technology and all the drones and laser gates or whatever like i had to be really careful uh and then like, I hope that's something that you like to... Know. Like, if they say, like, oh, if you do X, Y, and Z, you can please everyone, like, I hope they don't allow that. That was such a striking point of the first game, When which that's the thing about making choices in a Western-style RPG feel meaningful, where if it's not just like, oh, this is just a flavor thing, it doesn't matter who you pick, the ending's always the same. Like, I hope they don't do that. So, uh this wasn't announced with any release date or anything, it was just formally unveiled with the cinematic trailer, so plus some uh some screenshots which by the way the screenshots of this game don't look that nice. It looks like a last gen game, like an early last gen game, which I wasn't ever expecting Alex 2 to look like a show, like a world beater. Like it's a small pranabytes, it's like 50ish people. But it just doesn't like it looks almost like it could be like an expansion pack to the first game, at least based on the media screenshots, which is like fine, I guess. I just like I'm not I'm not the sort of person that like really puts a lot of emphasis in like graphics in general like i played fallout one or two two years ago and it had a great time but i, I was just expecting this game to look nicer after i had been like under wraps for so long and then like one other one other pictures is like jacks that's the name of the main character like in his jetpack flying over like this barren wasteland that looks awful it's like foggy with like no textures and i'm just like this is this is what you pick for your media screenshot like it's just it's okay. We've not expecting it with Elex 2, but Elex 3, they're going to yeah, 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 Alex 3 will be awesome. It just it's it just doesn't doesn't sell the game very well. It's just like okay, like all
1: right. Yeah, i am seeing the screenshot now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's the good stuff.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, Elex 2, uh maybe once we see some gameplay I'll be actually like really excited for it cuz right now I'm kind mm-hmm. of like whelmed. I'm very whelmed. <laughs> All right, so now we head into some of the last days of E3. We'll open up with Capcom's showing, which I did not watch this. And from yeah, what they- I heard, this show was almost as terrible as Square Enix. I heard yeah, this, people- could have been, this could have been sent in an email, to
4: be honest. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, isn't it like they had to pay a lot of money to get into
1: like E3 shows? Oh, yeah. that, that it, it felt like a thing there- like... <laughs>
5: it felt like a thing just thing, to just
2: get an e3 slot just for future years that's what it felt like the only thing that was even close to being an announcement here was resident evil 8 village is going to get dlc which uh no shit
6: yeah.
1: hey man they also said that uh, that Vverse multiplayer for resident evil is coming out next month Hell yeah! Wait, did they give you any details on on the DLC, or just that it will have? No, it's It's just exists. exists. It's a a development now after (laughs) fan demand. All right, so
0: we also did get. We have marked here that oh my god, Monster Hunter Stories Two: Wings of Ruin got another trailer, and it's coming to Switch, and it's getting a demo.
1: The fiftieth trailer for
0: uh, (laughs) how many
2: trailers were were like how many unique trailers did we get just (laughs) last week? it felt like 6 it was at to be least honest. 3 it was at least 3 i want to say maybe 4 <laughs> all
0: right so I, okay lot. all right so i am i'm actually going to go through cuz i'm curious about this this adam posted the story intro trailer may 20th okay uh we got another trailer on may 26th the week later that is uh returning characters then the summer game fest trailer on june 10th uh then the switch demo trailer on
2: june 14th so
1: Is is that, but is that all? Is that all? Is that all?
2: all There was also one in the Nintendo Direct and one Uh for Capcom's own stream. Oh, yeah. I missed the Nintendo
0: Direct. Adam has posted like almost all of these. So, Adam, you are a trooper. (laughs) How many like unique screenshots? How many unique unique thumbnails he has to come up with for all these trailers? But, anyways, it got another trailer. God God bless
1: them for the big marketing push. It's weird because
0: like a few weeks ago, I was excited about this game, I thought it was interesting, but it's just like, I think it's there is a such a thing as like oversaturation like okay i've seen you cut up your same cinematics like a dozen times i'm no longer interested in seeing another trailer for your game <laughs> so it is like less is more i don't know uh, let's move on to something more positive we did also get some details about the great ace attorney the final the finally getting the localization for that i don't know much about the series but james what did we see here
1: Hey, hold on, hold on. Before we move on to this one, did you mention that a demo is coming for uh, stories too? Oh, um, I uh, mentioned it very briefly. Uh, yes, oh, it is yeah. a getting a switch demo okay. on and then the save we... data transfer to the full game from that demo. And I forgot, did, did they mention a PC one because this is getting a PC release as well? I think um,
2: I, I, mention it. I think it's either not coming to PC, the demo, or if it is coming, it's going to be a launch day demo instead of the early demo for switch. It's a launch okay. day demo, okay, okay. And then they, probably, probably, sure don't, they
0: probably don't want people like digging through files or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably
2: it. Um,
1: the only other so, like m- that mention that they did for for monster hunter stories too for that presentation was uh, there's gonna be an update on July 15th that adds the Palamute from Monster Hunter Rise as a monstie in that game.
2: Which apparently What's that what? means that uh mutes the doggos from uh, Monster Hunter are hatched from eggs. Lore's too much. Mm. That's that's <laughs> fucked up. Um, so yeah, the the greatest great great attorney, attorney um trailer was basically just an overview. Basically, just saying here's great ace attorney. Here's what's new about this game. Here's like the general gameplay loop. Uh, nothing really. Not the case for us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, nothing too big. Uh, well, that wasn't solving the case. It's like one very short section. Yeah, that's and, why it has uh, a little warning. It says minor spoilers ahead.
4: Yeah, I've never seen it's,
2: like, a trailer do that. But anyways, uh, yeah, More, uh, I'm glad that they are pushing uh, Great Ace Attorney because it is like, I've played the first one but like everything I've heard is that the second one's even better and like a, in my opinion, of all the Ace Attorneys i played, Great Ace Attorney is the best one. So these are even very, very good. And, and you don't need to have played the original trilogy or any of the games to play Great Ace Attorney. So if you're thinking of getting into the series, yeah, there's 40 really bucks for one and two. It's only 40 bucks. That's, yeah, that's a, a lot deal. of greatest return. Yeah, mm-hmm. just I, I don't even need to see the localization. Buy it,
0: <laughs> and it's coming yeah. out uh, in like two weeks soon. All right, now we finally move on to basically the, the bookend for most of this, not everything, but the big Nintendo Direct classically showing up on what the Tuesday and that's what they always do right they I always feel like Nintendo's always like pulling in at the end but usually with a really yeah. good showing yeah,
2: and they do u- this they're usually
1: on the first day of E3 i don't know yeah, i
2: i have fond memories of getting to the press center at the convention center and like watching the uh, Nintendo directs before like actually starting up the first day of E3 and like um going to my first appointment and stuff like yeah, that. yeah because usually Very like the, the
0: nintendo e3 is like tuesday a.m and then as soon as it ends it times in near perfectly with like the opening of the convention center uh so it's always like a like a cool little book of like the press event part of the uh of the showing so nintendo direct uh not much in the way of like leaks or anything going in there a few like insiders say like not to expect much or like keep your expectations in check, which is kind of weird because they ended up showing a few things that were like incredibly surprising. Uh, And actually, obviously those
2: insiders were not weeds.
0: (laughs) Apparently not. Uh, But I'm going to open up with one thing that I thought was like something that I did not see anyone expect this or know about this or speculate about this or had any reason to think that this would show up. And I'm talking about advanced wars one and two, Reboot Camp, so basically a remake of the first two games originally appeared on the GBA for Advance Wars. So this is coming out in December this year with new models, new music. Just did we ever think we would see Advance Wars again?
2: I was, no, I thought it away, was completely man. dead. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, also, can we appreciate how perfect a name Reboot Camp is? Oh, cheeky!
6: developed
1: George it's being developed by <laughs> way forward. i think I think there there's some assistive intelligence systems, but the primary developer is way forward on this one i i, I could kind of get like you know a lot of people are somewhat down at the look of this game because they've got the three d models. It's not it doesn't preserve like the pixel look from the gBA versions. but you know i I think it's okay. i'm I'm just more happy that the series is alive again. More than anything. Right. Um, I, I'm willing, I'm willing to take it. It's uh Advanced Wars is such an excellent, excellent strategy RPG series. Um I'm so excited. I'm I can't I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. When they were and they showed it off, I'm like, what the fuck? Are they actually fucking doing this? Like I was I think uh, the, the, the the animations for the models,
0: like before they do like their special abilities. I've only played Advanced Wars one uh and it's been a while, so I don't remember much. But I remember like different characters could like affect like the weather with like their super attacks like one of the antagonists had like a snow ability or something like that and like whenever yeah. you whenever you whenever you like would interact whenever you would like engage those it did like a quick like anime like uh preview for it and like those it shows a few of those sorts of things here which i think look really nice the only things that i think look a bit silly are, like are the portraits in battle like the art style is a bit different from what i remember it's, and it kind it's not of clashes it's not that it's bad it's just that it's different like that's not what i remember but you know i also have this like i kind of had this expectation what advanced wars looks like that maybe a new player wouldn't even have uh so i i I have i've seen remasters with more unfaithful i guess or garish like clashing ourselves in this one like for whatever reason this one i look at it and yes it looks different but it doesn't it doesn't bother me as much as it has in some other cases
4: I think it, it captures the original feel, and I think that's the thing it's going for, and I, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, uh, I think just overall, I, I, I'm pretty satisfied. It, it, the the Advance Wars, the the whole series has some of like the like the best like mission design, like in strategy RPGs. That it's so varied. Um It's man, I I, can't, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I'm really happy. I'm really happy about this. Just no, like you said, no one expected. I'd, this this would be the last thing in my mind. This is like this is like a like if you had like a bingo card for this, this would be like a joke inclusion, you know? Like you're not gonna make another Advanced Wars. What are you talking about? Yep. But like, right. if anyone, like if anyone who has like any listeners who have like a passing interest on like strategy RPGs and like never like engaged with the series whatsoever, definitely pick this up. You will love it. Few of the other showings in the
0: Nintendo Direct we did expect. One another another thing that we didn't expect that we don't have much time to talk about because it didn't really fit our purview, but I will mention is Metroid Dread. Looks badass. Just like that's amazing.
6: amazing.
2: Yeah, so came If only I could find a copy of the special edition. I can't believe that we live in the timeline where the developer that made the last original 2d metroid game and the last original 2d castlevania game are the same developer
0: so he's he's referring to mercury is it mercury steam or mercury stream
1: mercury steam steam
0: Steam. and they made the uh, castlevania lord of shadows 1 2 and the uh, mirror of fate like interquel they did samus returns and now they're also doing metroid dread i know that i don't remember the details but i do know that there was a lot of like weird publishing like hijinks with the Lords of shadow with like some behind the, like development crunch issues or whatever. So it really seems kind of cool that they've gotten back on their feet with like this niche where producing 2d Metroid games, which Samus returns. I feel, I feel like I haven't played that game, but the only real knock against it that I've heard was that it was just so late in the life of the 3ds that kind of like overshadowed it. Like at that point, the switch was on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think, I think that's like,
1: but that and warrior Wear gold were the last three
2: DS games I ever played. I think.
4: And I think the other problem was the they locked some content with amiibos. I think that was the other. Yeah, oh yeah, there
2: was some. Basically, the fusion mode hard mode was locked behind if you had specific amiibos. Which uh, let's just say I'm really glad that they confirmed that the only amiibo functionality they have is you'll get an extra heart tank heart or whatever and an extra like uh, missile upgrade. I'm fine with that. That is Yeah. yeah. much better than the bullshit that they had in Sam's Returns, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, we, yeah,
1: we could, we, yeah, we shouldn't probably go too deep into this, but I, I just think it's really cool. Like the, like the, there, the, the mechanic in this one, like the gimmick in this one, is like there's like this robot. I forgot what it's called. It's kind of like the nemesis Emmy. of the game, yeah. Emmy. Yeah, so it's kind of like Resident Evil. Where it's like it follows you around, and it's like kind of impervious to like what, like your
2: normal shots and your missiles and whatnot. Also, I think hmm. the coolest thing about this announcement is, first off, this is Metroid Dread. The project that's been on and off development in Nintendo since Metroid Prime 2, where it was outright teased in-game 19 years ago. This is crazy that it's finally coming out, that it's actually real, that they even outright confirmed that, no, yeah, this, this has been in, like on and off development for over 15 years now it's like absolutely bonkers it's, it's also a, bonkers.
0: i know i know caring about the overarching metroid storyline is a bit silly because they're pretty much self-contained and story light but this is like the first thing that pushes past i believe metroid fusion in the timeline since 2002 yeah. and it's, and it's weird because said good
2: you've you go outright ahead. said that this is uh, finishing up the story arc that's um that the series has had for basically the entire um, timeline so that's interesting and the thing one
0: one 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 thing that i've learned recently is that i had always thought of the metroid prime games because they were developed by a different studio retro studios as being kind of like almost like a filler arc in the middle but apparently samus returns does kind of in a way like canonize it i don't know how and i don't really know why but apparently like that that just learning about that and i know caring about the metroid story is a bit silly but it just seems weird like now now it kind of seems like there's this like this unification where it's like you've got classic metroid you've got metroid prime from 20 years ago and now we've got a new classic metroid and now we've got metroid prime 4 whenever we see that again hint it wasn't this week <laughs> uh so just it feels like there's just like a pulse on the series now where before it kind of felt like they didn't know what they wanted to do with it. They don't know what to what Samus Returns was a remake, so it was kind of like safe in that respect. But now we've got, like we we had this one project that was being the de- troubled development that was recently like pulled back under retro Studios banner. And then Metroid dread out of nowhere. Bam. Like all of a sudden, it feels like, Metroidism. I don't want to say like Metroid is a major Nintendo property again, but it was almost like well, you could almost like drop it off the list where it's like, don't care about Metroid anymore. But
2: well, actually, I'll go a step further and say, yeah, it is a ma- major uh, Nintendo franchise because check uh, Nintendo's like Twitter avatar and their like uh, banner on Twitter. Check like the game is releasing a- about as close as it can be to be Nintendo's holiday title for this year. It was the headliner project that they had from E3. That's true. That the, well, no, it's no longer. Now they're doing Mario Golf because that's coming out next week. But like when they announced it, they had Samus as their Twitter avatar. They had Metroid Dread as their Twitter banner. It's their holiday title. Like they are treating it like a major franchise. It's so kind of yeah.
1: October eighth, I think. And yeah, they have like a really fancy collector's edition and everything. They were really pushing it hard. So I, I'd like. A, they really wanted to try to do something for its anniversary this year. I think this is... Think a
0: not, here's the question. Does Metroid Dread, is there any chance it has damage floaters? Can we cover it? Uh-oh. I wish. <laughs> Damn it.
3: Uh, love, love, love. Is Metroid Dread
2: going
3: to be a Met- Metroidvania? <laughs> <laughs> wow. yes, we are. have
2: covered Metroidvanias. I feel like look, we have covered plenty of them in the past. But you need The, the argument components. could be made. <laughs> yeah. Just, just pretend that health.
4: Right health has numbers. You can use numbers. For <laughs> Energy ninety nine nine. Yeah, RPG right there. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, I, I fully expect to see a big Metroid Dread feature on the site this this holiday. But yeah, exciting game. Sorry to get off topic, but man, what a surprise! Okay, here's a game that we expected to show up, or maybe not expected, but like was likely to show up. That I think, despite not being a surprise, still. I think, in a lot of ways, stole the show. And I'm talking about Shin Megami Tensei V. So, big headliner of the show. It had a big new trailer, both on the English side and a unique one on the Japanese side of the Nintendo Direct, both showing some different things. We got a a new look at basically the final form of the protagonist once they partner with the... uh, I don't know if it's even a demon in this case, but the person that he holds hands with in the original announcement trailer. uh, Just... Lots of looks at what the game's style is, what its combat looks like. A lot of the new demon designs which are being built from the ground up for this game. Just lots to chew on for Shin Megami Tensei V. Uh, Uh, Question, is that protagonist a guy or a girl? It's a guy. uh, guy, But but it's very like an androgynous styled protagonist, which I think is actually really striking.
3: I,
2: I, I just love that one tweet that blew up like almost immediately after the trailer where it was like subtitled Am I a boy? Am I a girl? Uh, everyone thinks I'm hot. It doesn't, I don't know, but everyone thinks I'm hot. So everybody's gay. <laughs> yeah. But
0: <laughs> it's, it's just like a really stylistic trailer. I think especially the Japanese PV for it uh, shows a lot more of like this, of the pure gameplay of the demon designs, I think look amazing. Just, it looks like really good for a switch game, just like stylistically and just uh, technically it just, I don't know. It's, there's something about this trailer that I just think it's a really strong. We talked a lot on this podcast about bad trailers. This is a good set of trailers here. Like, I don't know. Like, how
4: can you sell this here to a casual person? I was like, let's just say I would never, was well, into uh, here I am. Kensei, right?
6: say, sell it to me.
3: Make the main character
4: sexy. It's like, it's like, wow, you're going to team up with demons. Now you're going to team up with angels and you're going to team up and fight demons. Like, how can you sell something like this?
5: I mean, so I, it's pretty, pretty I was, easy to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I was,
6: <laughs> yeah, go I was pretty moody on it. Like I said to you guys after the direct, it's because I was expecting Sora for Smash, Nintendo Switch Pro, and that didn't happen. Obviously, I was are like, you not excited for Suya
1: and Smash? What the hell? Wow, not
6: really? You like, I, not probably get like the, Ryu kind of fills up space for me. It's um, okay, George. Yeah,
2: so like, it's okay, George. At least there's somebody that uh appreciated uh Tyrion Smash, right? Right? Uh, wow. Well,
6: I this is the thing. Overall for for me, Nintendo was like not weak, but it wasn't it wasn't for me. That's what I felt. But then I uh, spent the next day I was like, you know what? I'll rewatch it. I really liked Metro Dread. I really liked the last thing they showed, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um and then I watched SMT's sort of like gameplay stuff and like I don't know if I will end up trying it because I said the same about Nocturne, but it does look quite good, and like I can tell that like you guys are gonna absolutely love it. So I'm like really excited to hear about what you say about it. But I'm personally not there yet. We'll see like closer to the time. But yeah, just to just to dampen your moods, just to just to put another
1: spin on it. And <laughs> it's it's kind of a weird thing because I, I think a lot of people going into this like one, it'll be their first like mainline Shin Megami Tensei game, and two, like uh, probably a good chunk of its audience they've only played Persona Five. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll go give this a shot. So it's a new game from the from those developers. So, and and it's really striking, you know, when you think about the difference between like the Western trailers and the Japanese trailer. Like, for the Western trailers, how they introduced this game, it's still really good, but it was a lot like they had to explain what that game is, the turn based RPG it is, the legacy of the series. It's been around for a while. So they had to like, it, they, they had to like give like exposition to what this was while the Japanese trailer is like, check this fucking shit out. And I was like, all right
0: you know yeah um, i mean both both trailers are good it's not like the it's not like the western trailer like was trying to pull your wool over your eyes it just had to go a little bit more into like the cinematics Where the japanese trailer kind of like assumed a little bit more that you had that knowledge and it was like go a little bit more into gameplay uh at least that's my taking of it having watched them both but I it's am,
1: j- go ahead yeah yeah I, i'm just saying like i am I don't. I didn't know what I was expecting with this uh, unveiling of the Save Tensei pro- Five proper after the leaks and whatnot. Like I think uh, Adam and I kind of just like held the same belief. Like hopefully it's not a bad trailer. It's not embarrassing because we're really looking forward to this. And they just I don't know what expectations I had, but it really blew them out of the park <laughs> when they when they unveiled. It's like this is so. Striking with everything it does, like just beyond like the main character's design, and like when he fuses with the, the, the Nahobino, this like be forbidden being and whatnot, and that, that form is really cool. He kind of has like the, the cosmos energy sword as his main yeah. weapon, and 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 just like seeing a little like dissecting the trailer, like bit by bit, like yeah, like this uh, Magatsuhi bar, and like if you if you played Nocturne, you know what Magatsuhi is, and so that really speaks to you. Then you see like the stat screen and like the UI is very, and the UI is very much like Tokyo Mirage Sessions. But like I get why people are kind of iffy on it because it's they don't know if it's gonna really fit with the tone of the game and the atmosphere of the game because the four Shin Megami Tensei four and Four Apocalypse really did that well when you had like these little com devices and then like the, your UI was kind of like kind of like Dead Space style like holograms and it really fit with that game. On this one, it feels. Yeah, feels more like, you know, your standard type of deal, but with uh, the Tokyo Mirage sessions uh, flare over it. Well, I kind of get that, but when you see the stats screen, the status screen for like demons and the main characters game, it's very readable. Like uh, at first glance, like all the important information is right there on the screen. There's like no guesswork about it. And I, 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 I would rather take readability and ease of understanding over like something that you like suits the mood of the game more if it has to sacrifice that end of it if you know what i mean yeah so uh like i the the, i guess that's the thing that i kind of iffy on but like i I get it but i think the thing that really really excites me from this game when i see it is like when you're running around dashing around surfing around sometimes in that game world and i'm not sure if it's open world or not probably not but what they showed off is like a wide open zone but now yeah. that you actually see demon models on the field to engage in battle, like in, in, in 4 to 4 Apocalypse, you have like these shadowy figures, kind of like pixel figures that like you hit and you go into battle. This one, you just see like the models of the demons uh, accurate to scale in the game world and like how they integrate that into like the games they call it ecology like for example like the demons like the kind of like the, the the wing creatures like the the wing runs they they occupy like dark caves and they're like bats in that world it's like wow you really thought about like kind of instead of like animals there's demons in this world and that well where, where do they fit on where, where do they fit in this world? what's their natural habitat how will that affect like you know what you see in the game world and that's really exciting especially in that like that moment in the trailer where like a Seth, like a black dragon, flies overhead. It's like, is that thing just gonna fucking attack you and swoop you from midair like if <laughs> it sees you? That's terrifying and that's awesome, you know, if that's the case. So there's also
3: mu- um, the treehouse demo showed like um I forget the demon's name, but the rock giant uh like he's like fifty levels higher than everyone else, but in like a starting zone. And that kind of reminds me of, you know, Xenoblade. Uh, Or maybe Final Fantasy Twelve, you know, where it's just like you have like a mix of demons in the world. And, you know, you can there's like on on a numbers level, it's kind of like like nonlinear difficulty where you're going to have these really tough, maybe even impossible demons early on. But you can kind of see, you know, how, how far above your weight can you punch sort of thing in terms of trying to take on these these like dangerous enemies that are just roaming around like maybe Seth. Flying around, you can just take them on. uh I think that's really cool also it it kind of reminds me of like the vortex world in nocturne, mm-hmm. but obviously being like twenty years later or whatever uh eighteen years later, it, there's much higher fidelity there you're you're you can explore the whole world rather than just like being like a, a monopoly board piece on the map, so it seems to have like that same sort of like barren isolation sort of feeling in the world, except as Nocturne did only like in the modern, what like you can do it in like a modern game. So it's really right. cool to see. Uh-huh.
1: And it still has like that, like, you know, but it carries like that Nocturne spirit of like negotiations. Like when you go talk to a demon, it's like <laughs> you can still get screwed over pretty hard <laughs> if you, uh, when it comes to that, uh, like uh, oh. taking off your HP, your money and whatnot. And then uh, when you're talking about like a monop- monopoly piece in the, uh, in the overworld map, not just it's like it's like you're always fully modeled when you're traveling around. Like it's so funny to like see what you where we've come from. Nocturne to this game, you see like there's the hair physics wilding out. You know, it's it's cool. I'm, I'm curious how like
3: um other characters are going to be incorporated into the game because mm-hmm. different SMT games have done it differently. For example, in Nocturne, there are like a handful of other characters that you sort of just run into here and there, kind of. Uh, not very often and they they basically end up being tied to the game's endings, you know, like which character you're gonna kinda link up with or join with or whatever. But they're 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 not very present. They only pop up here and there. In Shimigame Tensei 4, the the sort of the law neutral and chaos ciphers are much more present. You know, they're kinda like they're sort of like party members. They're not really party members, but sorta, uh, that you kind of know very well at the beginning of the game. And then you have, like, Four Apocalypse, which is pretty much just, like, a JRPG party, right? Eventually. Um, yeah, yeah, So I'm kind of curious. Like, we haven't really seen much of that in Nocturne yet in terms of, like, you have your main character. And in the gameplay, it doesn't seem like there's really been any other, like, human around. So, but I'm curious how that's going to, like, how that'll take shape.
1: Yeah. There's still, there's still so many questions because, like, uh, like how did this come to be another Apocalypse scenario? Because, you know, just normally... The, the main character is like, he's, he's part of, school, of a school, he's just going to school, you see other people around, you know, but how this manifests in game, like, well, how do you get to point A to point B? So still wrapped up in mystery. And uh, I'm still holding out for, like, when we were talking about Nocturne a few weeks ago, like, we didn't see, like, any, like, like dialogue portraits in this game. Yep. Yeah, it was still all in engine like cutscenes and like they've been releasing these daily demon videos showing off like the roster of demons in this game and like that there's some of those like there's some dynamic cutscenes in this game. Like uh the one released today was for uh Fionn McCum you know, and like it, it had it had uh that demon facing off against the MC, like their swords are interlocking, like in a cutscene. It's like, oh, like are they like much more involved in cutscenes this time around? So uh it's it's really, you know, I'm I'm really excited. I I'm I hope it does super good. You know, I have like the collector's edition from Japan already pre-ordered. And I'm like, do I really want this? I don't know. That's a cool T-shirt though, but I'm I don't know. i I I try not to think about it every day, and I keep thinking about it every day. So this might drought. end
3: up being one of the biggest uh games of like the fall
1: yeah november 12th i forget if
0: we said that did we say that at the top but anyways it's releasing on november 12th
1: worldwide yep switch only yep switch only it's like five or six days before endwalker (laughs) so good luck to the people who want to play this game in endwalker yeah like Um, well
3: i'm trying to think like what big games are coming out around that time there's endwalker for the dying light there's the there's the the pokemon Pokemon uh, remakes (laughs) but that feels like not like a Diamond and Pearl are obviously mainline games and popular games, but it's like the remakes second time around, it seems like people are a little bit mixed on the art style.
2: Yeah, it's less so much <laughs> about the art style, but that's a, a whole other conversation. Uh, basically, the gist of it is is that uh, after all the other remakes were like... Even if they had some faults here and there, the remakes were obviously trying to bring these games in line with the more modern experiences and like add additional features and make them, like, feel fresh and new. Whereas everything we've seen from the Generation 4 remakes is like, oh, well, graphically they're different, but we actually really wanted them to feel like like the uh, traditional experience. We wanted them to feel in line with the original games. And a lot of people that were waiting for a reinvention of Generation 4 after the same thing happened with Gen 1, 2, and 3... Well, when you have it happen so many times in a row, you get expectations. And now that the remake is like, oh, well, yeah, there's Legends Arceus. But if we wanted like an actual remake, like the first three generations for generation four, we're not getting that.
3: But in Mm -hmm. any case, it seems like SMT5 might be one of the bigger RPGs of the fall.
1: Because so many games are coming out next year. Have you seen the fusion animation of that game? It is fucking wild. God damn! So basically, the fusion animation in SMT Five is you—you you, you no longer have Mido, uh, you know the guy like the priest guy with sunglasses. What happened to Mido? I, I know. <laughs> uh, as you, the as like your fusion person, like you have a new character named Sophia, and I, I, she doesn't really. She's like kind of facilitating. She doesn't actually do the fusion herself. What basically happens is your main character uh, plays like an organ. uh, to facilitate the fusion, so like he's just rocking out on the organ. Like. Yeah,
3: like just sort of like imagine like a stereotypical like like guy kind of like jamming out on an organ, like um, with his hair or, flowing. Time, <laughs> but like way more animated than like yeah. just, like he's like completely jamming out on the organ with his hair flowing every which way, and while he's while that's happening. Um, you know, like the 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 demons are like turned into like this sort of magical gooey orby stuff and fused together.
1: Yeah, so it's they like sort of like wild, black goo mush. That's like yeah. uh, that's like uh, like fusing into the tune of the gorgon. It's like what the fuck is happening? Who who is this person? Like, there's so many questions about like the the what the main character is capable of at this point. It's like at some point in the trailer too. Like this uh, this this main character just like. I can't like I think it's like a cosmos super almost like it goes like supersonic speed and like just like dashes and penetrates through the enemy like you can't even see him anymore just doing like a fucking thousand slashes it's like what the hell's going on this is insane I love it. And then
0: another thing that we were expecting from the Nintendo Direct that we did get at the very end was a new trailer for the sequel to the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild so this was obviously uh. announced yeah like we still don't have a real title it's still just tentatively known as the legend of zelda breath of the wild sequel or two though post direct interviews and press has revealed that it will have an official title but it's still to be determined and with some talk about how they don't want to spoil the premise or something like that so that's why they're not giving us the title yet it's a bit weird but we don't have a title yet that that was was with
3: an ign interview yeah
0: so the the new trailer it's interesting for a few reasons uh not all of them good necessarily first of all it has a new design for link that i think looks really neat he's got like longer like unkempt hair and part of the trailer shows that he gets like this mark or there's like demonification almost of one of his arms uh, and then a lot of the game takes place in the sky it opens up with like a very almost like Skyward Sword which is getting a remake in the next month uh, or a remaster uh, like falling from the sky and then it shows him like using his paraglider His uh, what, what they don't call it a paraglider in the game what do they call it? Uh, glider. Yeah, it's just glider. a glider from like a sky islands almost uh, and the it's just, like, the trailer shows a little bit of everything. It's quite remarkable. There's a lot of stuff you can, like, dig into in terms of, like, what the locations look like, some of the abilities that Link has now. It shows Zelda very early on falling into a pit, which might throw a wrench into people hoping for a playable Zelda, but it doesn't rule it out necessarily.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw that part, and I just like, well, there goes the playable Zelda dream. Yeah. Obviously, anything <laughs> can happen. Yeah. But like- well,
0: <laughs> just a fairy
6: crafter, just because I've been seeing it, like non-stop but there's so many theories like that it's something to do with time travel it's to do with like two different links so it's not link and it's ganondorf my theory is and i won't go too deep into it i think that that is okay if we're if we're saying that the sky person isn't ganondorf even that has a very similar outfit say that's link which again i love the design for like brian said i think that it's zelda on the bottom like and people have said they're like oh that's clearly not Zelda in the trailer. I'm like yeah, but like Joel's in the Last of Us Part Two like trailers. It would like they can they can mess around that. I, I, I want to know like, what so what website
0: George is reading because I just assumed that was Link and now I'm hearing like
2: speculation that it's Ganondorf or time travel. Like wait yeah, what about yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's really George. interesting. It's I, so I, interesting. I think. <laughs> For your own good, <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't get into this. You, or whatever you you're having. Share sure some.
6: I love it. Like the thing is with this game, it's not. Say it's not Marvel's Avengers. Like I know, without shadow of a doubt, I think this will be like fantastic. Which sounds like stupid. Like maybe it's bad, but I. I really doubt this will be bad. So like, it can't. My expectations will be in check no matter what. But like all these theories and stuff, I used to do this for Kingdom Hearts three all the time. Like it just makes it so exciting. It keeps like the the long way it makes it shorter because in your head you're making like your little guesses you're like oh maybe that's right maybe that's wrong and like i love doing that for games and for cool. this especially there's just there's a lot there
0: well now i'm I like think. now i'm looking at the trailer and like george i hate you but like they never show <laughs> that's the front. so they, cool though isn't they, it? They, they never show the face of long unkempt hair link only with the tied back hair link and so now, now, I'm, at, now like, I'm wondering like why don't they show his face maybe it's just because the you camera look at is just, dehydrated you, you play...
6: ganon as well um it's like the same like Sash, it's the same sash on the same side of the body. <laughs> I'm and getting it way too deep into this. mural in Breath of the Wild, it, 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 exactly like it fits. It's like it's not too much of a stretch. The only thing is, people say like Ganondorf's um, he's a different race. What is he? He's a Gerudian, so like yeah. maybe that doesn't make sense. yeah, but like Breath of the Wild isn't like every other Zelda. Maybe it's like you know, maybe it's a twist. And I, uh, it's just I guess, that's what I mean. As soon as you start thinking about it, it's like. Poof, Mindly.
2: My guess is is that since his arm is obviously corrupted with something, maybe his face or one of his eyes is also, and they just don't. They want to save that reveal for later on, and that's why they didn't show yeah. his face. That matches concept
6: art as well. With the house of power, I have, I have seen
2: that time travel sense. speculation that like Zelda
3: actually dies, and it's like you have to save her from with time travel. I guess, oh, wow. but I don't know if there's a whole lot to it. But yeah, mark my, my words. I I am I would. I'm not a betting man,
6: but I would. Okay, I guess I am a betting man then. I would bet that Zelda is playable, and I really
2: do think that's Okay, a, what are you going to bet on this?
1: What's the bet?
6: I bet
2: if, a if play he's from wrong, he has. 5.
6: No, no,
2: no, no, no. That, that'd be too easy. <laughs> that's if, not if punishment, wrong, either
6: really. But... <laughs>
2: if he's wrong, he has to review an Idea Factory game.
1: Ooh.
6: Fine, okay. <laughs> Fine, I accept.
0: If that. you're wrong, if you're all wrong, right? we're just gonna yeah. take whoever's interested in that Ninja Ninten nin Tizen game, and you get to review it. Fine, Do
2: Okay, Let's every all I, the I, listeners I, have heard, I, this. I so sorry, heard this. I am so sorry, Nathan. I am so sorry.
6: My pride's on the line, but I I would yeah, I'm certain.
2: Well, I'm so there sure. you go. By, By the way, the, the, go
1: ahead, actually, go for it. Oh, I said if things not speculation, my my man literally fucking turned into liquid and went uh, through a tower and popped out of the floor. <laughs> of, like, a plateau. I'm like, what?
6: Like an inkling. Like, what
1: the hell did you do? Is that... Are you okay?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was just gonna say, the end of this trailer just marks with the year 2022, so... Next year, that's it. Like, and I would not be at all surprised if this becomes that fake year 2023 at some point. (laughs) But, yeah. I I did think it was interesting how they said, like, they're aiming
1: for... Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know about aiming here. It's just it's 2023. A, it's 2023 in my mind. It's gonna, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna release alongside AU then. Splatoon three is a big game next year, in my opinion,
6: and then this will be 2023's. Just to be cynical.
0: <laughs> the very last announcement that came out of Nintendo Direct was one that was only in the Japanese side of the show. This is something that Josh is going to be interested in, as long as all, along with other site contributor Kite Steinbuck. And that is the announcement of Super Robot Wars 30 with a yeah. release this year, including an English release for the Southeast Asian market, which I think is typical for this for, for the series. That's happened before. yeah. Mm-hmm. But this did not Lovely. show up on the this did not show up on the uh, Western facing showing at all. But it did show up on the. Uh, well, the let's see. Where, where did the English Southeast trailer show up? Southeast Asian trailer just show the up? AMCO, uh,
3: just the Bandai Namco Southeast Asia YouTube. Uh, I, I was about to say, yeah. like,
0: Nintendo doesn't have a Southeast Asia specifically focused trailer, but Bandai Namco no. does. So it will have an English release that you'll have to import from that region. But yeah, Super Robot Wars 30. What does 30 mean? 30th year? I don't know. 30th anything.
1: anniversary. All right. So what it, do you see it, in this trailer? It has, it has, it has way, it has way more games at thirty. By the way, it's, just, it's not just 30th thirty. It's, super <laughs> it's a, there's way more super overtures than that. Um, yeah, it is really exciting. They're probably gonna go show more of it um, at the at the anniversary event that they're holding next month. I believe it's gonna be live streamed. Um, Kite did a really great uh, job on the news post on breaking it down on the on the series that we that are uh, are participating in this. It's not the full list. Obviously, there's still gonna be more to be unveiled at the at the live stream event next month. Um, but in the, in the trailer that was shown, the, some of the shows represented was the, uh, robo, uh, super electromagnetic robo combattler five, uh, or V, I forgot. I, I don't watch combattler Mazinger Z, a staple of the series. So Mazinger Z infinity is going to be here. Uh, Zeta Gundam, the Gundam Shars counterattack. Uh, uh you know, they, these are longstanding series that have been in there. We have the King of Braves Gal Geiger final in there, uh, and then the, probably the the newcomer in this one. There have been Code Geass um, series in there before, but this is going to be the first time that the new film, the new sequel film, *Lelouch of the Res- Resurrection*, is going to be in here. And that 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 was confirmed because there was a teaser at the very end where, um, oh, that was weird. Um, where he showed off a Code Geass character, Suzaku, um, in like uh, the Lancelot Sin, which is the the. Mech Daddy pilots for that film. So, you know, it's your typical awesome Super Robot Wars affair uh shown off. They haven't really said much about like what it's about, or what other uh robot series are going to be represented in it. I'm very excited. I'm really glad. Uh I think the 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 small bummer for me uh in this is I, I still hope and pray and wish that they show a new uh Super Robot Wars original generation game at that stream event. Because it's uh, th- there's the the previous one uh, teased of more things to come. Uh, a sequel will be would be nice, but I know it takes a, a a few years for that to come out because they really put forth their their best foot on those releases. So, you know, it's really cool to see more of this. I'm I'm excited.
0: So, following the Nintendo Direct, we had a few things and like post E3 post-summer game fest world obviously like the steam next fest which is kind of like the new rendition of the summer games festival is going on i believe right now literally uh and that's that's another thing that's kind of been a lot a lot of that has been pushed by like jeff Keighley and the producers behind the game awards and the summer games fest um and as part of that uh there's like something like 700 demos available to play and one of those had caught Josh's eye that he had played and put up a feature for, uh, for Wolfstride. So I guess now is the best chance for you to get to talk about what you experienced with that demo there.
1: Yeah, it's a really brief demo, but it's really um it's, it's such a cool concept. Um, the The basic lowdown of Wolfstride is it's a it's a game entirely presented in grayscale. Um, it's uh, the, its main focus is like these one versus one like giant robot brawls, but it's like a turn based style RPG where um the the actual life bars is in each part of the body so you have like four life bars to manage one for the head two for each arm so it's like uh one for the left arm one for the right arm and one for the chest and like the main um goal of these fights is to take out the enemy opponents like chest area because that's where it stores their core if you take that part out um you you win the battle but obviously it's a much more complex than that because each of the like you could choose to like limit their options right uh by like disabling their arms or if you disable their head they they can no longer like uh choose what body part they target on you and vice versa and uh it has a lot of really neat gimmicks like for the first uh fight you have in that demo um there there's like uh the enemy robot like his right arm like charges up for this like this god punch and it takes a while too it takes like a turn to charge up and then when he unleashes it it does a lot of damage but you also have like a defense on your end like you can have like this uh part on you where you uh use it in battle and then like it'll taunt like your right arm so like your right arm will like brace itself and it has like a taunt effect so they have to target that so it's a lot of cool exchanges like that you have like this whole weaponry from like swords like shotguns and uh that can t- target multiple parts and within battle Like as you're stepping closer and closer to each other, like movement is dictated by like these seven squares spread across horizontally, and you actually have to like try to push each other to each other's corner because if you push them all the way back to their corner, kind of kind of like a like a wrestling match almost. Like you get like this big damage buff because you're like you're overwhelming them so much in battle uh, and whatnot. I remember when I was
3: watching you play this demo, like it's a turn-based one-on-one game, and like you're mentioning, there's just like a lot of different resources and positioning to, to manage. Like, you, you talked about, like, you, there's, like, seven different spots on the on the field you can kind of be in. You have, like, four different parts of your mech that each have their own health bar. You have, like, an AP, sort of, like, how many actions you can do in this turn, sort of, resource as well. And then there's, like, a different resource that, that fills, is like, how can you... You can, like, repair yourself mid-battle. Um, so it yeah. seems like there's a lot of... There's, like, a lot of strategy in terms of, like... How you go about not only pre- like actually executing the battle, but also like how you prepare for it, because you can also yeah. equip like different weapons and set up your mechs differently.
1: So yeah, it's,
3: it seems like it was pretty dense.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really cool because they're really like, especially during those battles is all grayscale. They're really trying to go for that manga aesthetic um and also like uh we we're talking about the, the the movement in the battle and like the slots like i i saw like one of the screenshots made on the database was like there's like this trap like bear trap icon on one like the slots so it's like yeah i guess there will be like different like tools you can use that can actually like manipulate the field and not like a certain spot will be like a trap and if something someone goes on it like i'm i'm gonna assume bad things will happen and then there are like actual weapons that like also knock the uh like enemies and you back like I a knockback punch it'll knock them back two spaces and whatnot so it's a lot of like strategy there and then outside of battle you like take control of like this manager person and then you have to like balance the funds that you earn in battle and like I assume there will be also also side side activities that like where you can raise cash Where like do I want to spend this money to like uh fix damage parts that I uh took this previous battle or do I uh, do I also want to invest in like new parts to like uh raise like how many actions i can do per turn or do i also want to invest in like new equipment uh, and uh for my mech on like different weapons different like defense types so like the core concept is really sound and i was pretty impressed um with what i saw so i, I kind of wrote a brief follow-up on it and we still don't have a release release date on it so who knows when it's gonna come out i'm really looking forward to that final game it, it has a lot of promise
0: And a couple of the a couple of the other games well, just, that are on just, so that's Wolfstride.
3: Just yeah. to mention
0: it. I was looking at the other games that are on Steam's Next Fest. Uh, Chris Tails has another demo on there, and that's obviously releasing next month. Um Death Trash, we talked about the Fallout Like is on yeah. there. Um Yeast Nine has a pc demo uh oh, okay. on as far as part of the next fest uh, a bunch of other games there it's like 700 in total it's crazy uh, part of me is like the idea of having time demos is a bit weird in general but i do kind of like having like an event to kind of like prop them up and platform them it's kind of cool i i just feel like they should just be like demos just be available starting now like i don't know like having the times to them is and there's always like uh, that's a marketing I th- I thing think i guess
1: yeah i think it's fine but I, I i do think like the time span is way too short This like from june 16th to like the 22nd and there's like 700 demos so it's like i'd, I'd say at least give it a, like a month-long event or something like that yeah to at least give it time to breathe because there there's no way like a lot like people are gonna be like oh shit i have to like, you know, I, I want to try a lot of these games, but I only have so much time, a lot of time with like other obligations that I have outside of this, too. Yeah, so uh, definitely check
0: that out. And I'm really glad that you got the chance to try out Wolfstride and put up a big feature of that for us. A couple of things that are also in this post-E3 world, just as little footnotes. Uh, RGG Studios Judgment, of which the sequel has been recently announced and is coming later this year uh judgment has sold 1 million copies so that's always a cool little benchmark even though it is kind of crazy to think like we're talking about judgments 1 million copies like later than sakuna of rice and ruins so i don't know I, I always kind of felt like maybe judgment had already sold that many but i guess not I mean, i'm not sure why that would be but it's now at the 1 I million think mark there was an
3: exclusive um you know yeah it was, uh, it was only for ps4
0: for. yeah spinoff and you could say like maybe they didn't really leverage like it feels like only recently are they rever- leveraging that like, this is the yakuza spinoff or whatever especially now that they've said like uh, rg studios has c- clarified that this is basically going to be like the action branch of their titles going forward or the brawler bl- branch of their titles going forward while yakuza will be the the turn-based rpg so i'm guessing judgment 2 will uh end up being uh, overperformed compared to the original, which was kind of felt like kind of like a, a spinoff at the time where now for more feels like more even handed with the Yakuza series. Uh, Final Fantasy seven remake has shown up on some of the backend databases for the Epic game store. So this is a tweet that blew up earlier this, today, yesterday. Um, I think not altogether surprising. Uh, Final Fantasy seven remake was built on the Unreal Engine. Uh, we've seen obviously the Kingdom Hearts series had the exclusivity period with the Epic Games Store. So this is some, this is something I think maybe we weren't expecting, but we were kind of like anticipating we, might we, happen. We even joked about
3: this. Like when it comes to PC, it's going to be on Epic. You know? Yeah, and, oh, it turns out that's didn't come true. out of nowhere. Well,
0: we don't know that it's true. This is just it showed up on the back end. No official announcement. Nothing from like the actual publisher here. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think anyone's really surprised. And considering how well made the Kingdom Hearts 3 PC port, as James reported, was, I think like yeah. if you're looking for a Final Fantasy seven Remake PC port that ends up like going above and beyond, this is a good sign. Because it just seems like yeah. uh, Epic is definitely willing to shell out and support square enix in terms of making this a really nice showcase for their engine on pc so yeah people have asked our twitter i mean like will this include the ufdlc will will like i mean we don't know any details really it showed up on the database it
2: hasn't even officially been announced for pc yet like i mean it's a pretty safe assumption it will come i'd say that it's an even safer assumption that when it does come it will be on Epic Games, we just don't know about anything else. Like, if it'll also be on Steam, if it'll be an EGS exclusive, what's going to be in the package? Stadia the and
1: Luna. Them. Hmm. Stadia and Luna. It's going to oh, come.
2: Oh, right? I had to
0: remind myself. Like, what is Luna? What? Like, what did what did J- <laughs> what did Josh just say just now? Like, oh, what yeah, is Luna. Stadia?
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder if Baldur's Gate Three is still going to push Stadia. It's a big launch <laughs> platform for it. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I saw some people speculating that obviously uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate just released a month ago, which, by the way, I'll use this to call out Alex did a nice review for it, um, talking about the Eufy Integrate chapter mostly. uh, But that just released. So maybe a six-month exclusivity period means that a PC release could show up in December. Maybe. It's all speculation at this point. And I can't believe we're at the final thing listed on the document. Is that, is that correct? We made it.
2: We've made it. Yep. (laughs) We're just one more thing to get over the barrier.
0: All right. So shadow drill. We got a we got a tweet from the New Game Plus Expo, and this is another one of those summer focused. Parallel to E3 broadcast headed up by Nice oh, is, is this? America. Is who, who's claiming this? Is it, is it Jeff Keighley or the ESA claiming this one? Uh, I'm going to assume both. <laughs> but any, but uh, a, a tweet just from yesterday or was it yesterday or was it the day before? 17, two days it was ago. Uh, oh, saying days that ago. Yeah, Nihon Falcom will have a virtual concert celebrating their 40 years of video game development with along with Messages and special announcements by Toshihiro Kondo, uh, which a lot of people are speculating this could be related to potential localization announcements for the trail series, either the Hajimari we're looking forward to or potentially some of the like Crossbell kai like it's people are like kind of running wild like what the what what this is this is a concert announcement here it's virtual concert but people are wondering like what is going to accompany that what announcement could be made alongside this concert so as of right now there. the the action than falcom let's go (laughs) there we go as of right now there is no slated english release for the series for this year But New Game Plus Expo is, as I learned this morning, I guess it's headed up by Nice America. I didn't know this. Um, They're the ones that have been publishing, Trails of Cold Steel's 3 and 4, and and, uh, the Switch versions of those. So I think, I I am not a betting person, and I'm not going to fall back on that like George just did. But (laughs) Hajimari, obviously, which released last year in Japan would be the easiest candidate to expect a localization announcement here, maybe, especially if this is a Western focused presentation. Uh, I don't think it's Western focused because the time is like midnight. Yeah, that's, that's actually. Something. I was actually thinking about that. Like, this is a presentation from Kondo from Falcom themselves. This isn't like they're not announcing this as an announcement from Nice America. So, at that with that consideration, maybe we shouldn't expect an announcement here. But well, I, it might um, just be
3: like it might be something along the lines that Falcom is doing a concert, which is of course Japanese yeah. focused, and then NIS America is just sort of like hitching their arm to it and like, hey, we're gonna announce a hajimari
2: localization or whatever so that anyway yeah, right. Right. i don't think I've mean, saying this, I, I
0: this is on june 24th this is the concert june 24th yeah. uh 10 there p. will m. be localization announcements
2: we just don't know what they will be yeah so basically so the possibilities are hajimari
3: the Crossbell games or maybe the least interesting announcement would just be like
0: switch ports for cold seal one and two because those are coming but they haven't been announced in english yet so. uh, so that'll be june 24th june 25th in japan oh, also nae that's, that's a thing oh yeah that's right i'm that's actually kind of interested really. in
3: that one <laughs> if it's like a way three as i like, hear it is or at least yeah. some way dna
0: <laughs> so that we will uh we will know what the results of that are before our next week's podcast because we do plan on showing up uh next week for that we're still doing another podcast.
1: Oh, okay. uh, yeah! I
0: can't believe we took yeah. a week off. Now we have to come. Now we have to show up next week. <laughs>
1: oh shit!
0: All right, but all right. Considering everything that we had to go through this week, being able to finish in under four hours—if you've made it to the end—I don't I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, so, um, this is something where it's uh, we have. There's a lot of games that we had to cover very quickly. There's a lot of indie games that we could not even cover at all, like uh, like Astria Ascending. We barely talked about Death Trash. There's a few other indie games that showed up at the PC Gaming Show and the Future Games Show. How, uh, how
3: dare we not talk about the, the the rating for Castlevania Advance Collection?
0: Oh yeah, there's a there's an Australian Classification Board's rating for the Advance Collection. Uh, so <laughs> it's. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff and it's all up on the website. Adam and so many other people have contributed. Our new contributors, uh, kite and Jess and, um, Paige and a whole Nathan. bunch of different names. Nathan have all shown up to help with all the news coverage. Even Alex has shown up to do some of the news. Uh, I've done Alex showed up. Uh, and it's been quite a week. So I know we all went into E3 basically thinking like, what in the world is this going to be like? And it ended up being fine. Okay. It, it turned out okay. I know the Square Enix presentation, the Capcom presentation were all a bit weird, uh, but it ended up being better than last year. I'll, I'll put it that way. I On a low bar, but there you go. Um, so thank you so much for, I guess, for listening. We've got all of those features that we, like, we've got so many interviews and features with the Fuga devs with the uh, f- impressions from the uh, strangers of, what is that? What is that Final Fantasy 1? Strang- it's the strangers, strangers of
5: Paradise. <laughs> Of paradise paradise. Paradise, in was paradise.
0: paradise, was the word i was forgetting what a weird word but we got it we got impressions on that we've got the review for uh the final fantasy 7 yuffie content we've got the wolf impressions we've got so much stuff on the website do check it out all the news um we do have an entity for the e3 uh 2021 so we'll attach that to this podcast for the post for this podcast and i will have everything under there that was announced in the last week and a half so thank you for listening we will be back next week seemingly with our normal kind of schedule where we talk about what we've been playing we'll try to highlight the big announcements of the week along with all the little ones we'll try to get impressions for maybe some of the game fest demos or some of the other things that are releasing uh, in june that, w- that we'll be able to talk about in the next couple of weeks so
2: it's also going to back- be a Definitely feels like it's going to be another big uh, podcast next week. So, yeah. yeah,
0: there's still a lot of uh, fallout. So we're just now just trying to like gather it up. And at least get had some of it covered so that we, next week we can, we can move on with a fresh slate. So visit us on the website at RPGsite.net. We've got everything listed on our Twitter account uh twitter.com slash rpgsite if you haven't been following us on instagram instagram.com slash rpgsite alex has been doing a crazy job like repackaging all of our big features up into instagram friendly like posts and uh putting that all together on that side also on our facebook page uh we do have a few we haven't put up anything recently but we do have a few new plans for our youtube channel uh, coming up so do check out youtube.com slash net. And join us on the Discord, discord.com slash RPG site to talk about any and everything uh, on this front coming out of E3. So really exciting times. A lot of stuff to look forward to in the future months and even into next year and even into the fake year of 2023. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.